Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's November 20th, 2023. I am at Troll Pearl, and it's time to get in the weeds. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy week, and it's time to do it all over again. Jeremy Lambert is here, so clearly we're going to have a good time. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? Sure. Yes. Oh, wait. Somebody's here. Somebody's already hacked the stream. What is happening? Oh, no, not again. What is, what is happening? No. I, I was not prepared for this. I look away for two seconds. And all of a sudden, he just he he just appears. <laughs> do we both click it? At the do same we both time? click it? <laughs> oh, amazing! Amazing! You do it! You do it! You do it! <laughs> oh, Andrew Zarian! This bit good morning. Is good morning. Coordinated. <laughs> Zarian, I got heat with you. By the way. Oh crap! What did I do? What I do? Well, you you broke this Will Osprey news on your own so- show instead of ours. Why? What's the deal with that? Yeah, I got in trouble for that. By <laughs> not doing it, everyone. Oh, yeah, you you did. You got in trouble with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a, I had numerous people reach out to me and ask me why I mentioned it. <laughs> well, you teased it like. Five minutes after Tony put out his tweet, like it was very quick that you teased it with the with the bird and everything. Uh, and then, you know, by the by the next day or so, by the next couple of days, it was kind of already making yeah. rounds and you went full bore of like, yeah, it's Osprey. And why, who's getting in trouble? Who do we have to fight? That they, they, uh, you No, know? no one. No one. I think people were annoyed. Oh, people were well, a little annoyed with me. Uh, whatever you can't you, know, you can't you know what about these you know what these people don't need to be annoyed with you they need to be annoyed with the engagement accounts who take what you say on your show and they plaster it all over the internet blame the engagement. that's it listen i i like catering to a to a niche audience it's not my fault that all these other aggregators are, are listening and putting it out there right it's not my fault yeah exactly so i honestly happened i agree with that like i mean you say you know, it. I try my best not to ruin it. I, I do feel, you know, I have to tell you though, in all, in all, like I, I tend to feel bad when I do it, but like somebody asked me, I'm not going to, you know, if somebody asked me, it's like, Oh, who do you think it is? I'm going to say, Oh, it's Will Asprey. Why do you think it's Will Asprey? Someone told me. <laughs> You're Just a terrible start, liar. Start messaging me. Zarian. I'll take all the heat for you. I don't want to take it. I should have broken it here. You should. Oh, I could break something. You want me to break something here? Let's yes. Go. Tired I'll do it doing right now. Ten o'clock. I got. I got to leave in five minutes to get on the train. Uh, AEW is probably getting a new look for Dynamite. They just got a new look for yeah, Dynamite just, in the new year. They're getting a new look for the new for some time in the new year. Are they getting 4K cameras and all that stuff? They're going to do the 8K entrances like Fox. Yeah, they should. Why not? They should. I think those are overrated. I got a terrible haircut today, by the way. Is that why you're wearing the hat? 
<laughs> that's why I'm wearing a hat. And my beard is too, it's too like clean cut. You know what I mean? Buddy, yeah, my, my barber doesn't come back for another four days. I need a haircut real bad. And my beard, I can tackle it whenever I get that haircut. So I feel you. No, I got to I gotta get ready for, for the real Thanksgiving, as we call it here in the States. I mean, it's yeah, the only true. Thanksgiving if you're living in the United States. If you're well, just in the whole world. We, we, this is the real one. This is the real Thanksgiving. I guess. The Canadian one is too early. Why is it so early for you guys? Yeah. Because we respect tradition here. We're, we are the Tony Connor. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't respect tradition in America. Believe me, I'm well aware. We make it up as we go along. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You do. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'll give you an example. Like we have, we have dreidel, um, we have dreidel Christmas ornaments on our Christmas tree. The oh god. Okay. And, and my kids, my kids don't know that that's not like a Christmas thing. So, and they go to Catholic school, so they're very excited to put the dreidels on the Christmas tree. Because my wife's stepfather's Jewish. So we obviously, you know, it's a very mixed family. So we have dreidels on our Christmas tree. The OC ruined everything. <laughs> Christmas car. Christmas car. It's everything. When that, when it's that everything. dropped, everyone was like, oh, no, it's over for us Jews. The, the, mixed, <laughs> the, the mixed families, the, the, oh, God, it was just over. Interfaith families that day just had a ball, and and the Jews were just like, "No, it's not how it works." But I mean, you guys did make it out of clay. Yes, we did. Yeah. However, are you a lonely us- Jew on Christmas? Joel? No, I used to get together with all my friends on Christmas Day. We'd all go to the movies all day. We'd go get Chinese food in the morning, like eleven o'clock, and then we'd just go That's- watch three movies. It was it would be a great day. What's the best Christmas movie you've ever seen? And why is it going to be The Iron Claw in theaters December 22nd, produced by A24, starring Jeremy Allen White, Zach Efron, and AEW world champion MJF? Exclusive. Uh, I don't know what the best movie I ever saw on Christmas was. It was so long. Are, are we talking best Christmas movie? Best Christmas movie or best? No, oh, best- oh, what's. Oh, that he saw. How about the best Chinese food you had on Christmas? Oh, man. New Hong Shing in, in Ottawa, there you Canada. Go. It's not the best See? ever, but like, that's the good stuff. Yeah. You go to New Hong Shing. I get it. You're Craig Henry. It's good stuff. My mother protested. Um, my mother protested Christmas one year. Uh, she thought we were, you know, my mother, my mother would say some terrible things without knowing because she's an immigrant and she doesn't speak the language. It's not her first language. And she would tend to say these things that were so bad, uh, but yet so hysterical. If you if you knew her, uh, Joel, I think I've told you this story. I don't want to repeat it on the air. <laughs> of course. Uh, do you know about the camp story? Have I told you this? I think I, think I did. did. Yeah. Oh, how my mother threatened to s- to send me to camp. That's right. Um, it, can I say this? Because she meant it with no harm. Oh no. But I think no. You know what? I'm not going to. In the in the current climate of things, I'm not going to. My mother. My mother was just didn't mean to say things the way she said it just because of the language burial barrier it would come out like a burial yeah that that was that was a freudian slip there it would come out so inappropriate that i would have to like just stand there and either laugh or just contemplate how i'm going to explain to her but what she said to me in front of my friends was one of the most terrible things she could say 
so Scott George was giving me credit for a South Park reference when I was talking about Lonely Jew. This is also reminds me of a South Park bit oh. where, where Kyle's cousin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Kyle's cousin. That's one of my favorite episodes. And Mr. Garrison is like, Kyle, you need to or what Kyle too is is also named Kyle. Kyle, you need to uh you need to um you need to learn how to concentrate better. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, you can't in, in class he's not he's not you have paying terrible attention. Concentration. And stuff. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, not yeah. You know right. what? That's literally that was it. That was it. <laughs> Cartman. That was that, that's like, literally that was. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. That is it. That was exactly. That is exactly the same type of level. <laughs> the best part about that that thing is like Cartman obviously knows what he's saying, but then the, there's the scene later. He's like, Kyle. Oh, I didn't realize. Did you know that they really said that? <laughs> It's going to be real awkward when we talk about how MJF has kind of ruined the Jewish side of his breast pro wrestling story later oh, on. Hey, here we are. Amazing. What's it, is, he, is he selling those pickles? Is that is is that like a real thing? Yeah, he's he's been working with that company for a little bit to do those pickles. Really? Yeah, he's had them. I, have like, to, I want to order them. They're all he's been up. doing that since like last year at Full Gear, I feel like. Yeah, he's been I, doing do, I do think it was, I did think it was hysterical, Tony holding the pickle and eating the pickle. Tony was not a no, fan. No, no, he ate it. Tony ate it straight ahead. Normally you take a bite on the side. Dainty bites. <laughs> you take dainty heard, bites of the pickle. I heard at least four people in wrestling media called them dainty bites. And I was like, that's what we're going with. We're just calling them dainty bites. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give Tony a box of like cocktail pickles, you know, the little ones, the little gherkins. I just want to be like, oh, yeah, those are great. Better. Maybe these are more up your alley. It'd be fun. We'll have some. We'll have some. Uh, some pickles, Tony and I. This is just what we do now. Tarion, huh. do you do you have any parting words for our audience that you uh, let down on Friday by not giving them the exclusive that Osprey was signing? You know, I I should have called and I should have given you an exclusive on this. Um, let me think. It's okay. Do I have we any? Do you. I have a big one? You know what? I may have a big scoop, but I'm gonna. I need to verify it. But I'll, you know what? I'll give it to you guys first. How about that? <laughs> Let's. Go. I think I'm bullying Andrew Zay. <laughs> no, yeah. You know what? I don't make money doing this anyway. So what the hell? Just give it away on other people's shows. Listen, you should feel bad because you and I started talking about the signee, and then we never finished the conversation. And then you went on your show, and then you announced. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm the worst at this wrestling media stuff because I have all these scoops and I don't, I don't, I, I have no way of making a dime off of it or intention of making a dime off of it. Wow. I just like to drop bombs every now and then. And that's what I'm saying. Give, leave. give this stuff, give this stuff to me, and I will make money off of it. But at so, least, so, so your boss Sean Ross Sap could write another fightful select. Well, yes. No, I get paid more. How dare have you? How if dare somebody it. make money off of news? That's never been done before, and it never should have happened. Shout out to that poor guy. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I see well. those dumb, dumb messages. I see them constantly, and it's like, oh, yeah, some journalist you are putting it behind the paywall. And I'm like, the New York Times, you got to pay for. The Wall Street Journal, you got to pay for. I wonder how old some of these people are because some of them just have to be stuck in their old ways so hard. Too old, no, 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 too old and too young to know better. Brandon Thurston once said that if your profile picture on 
whatever social media you choose. If it's not your face, then you just assume they are either under the age of 16 or over the age of 65. And you do not take those people seriously. Yeah. And he's right. You want to see see this terrible haircut? Look at this. Look out. Well, you didn't put any product in it. I didn't. I look like a, like a middle school drug dealer. Well, good. Uh, You you can get some weed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nana. Yeah. I I look like I sell the weed to Nana. That's right. Yeah, the call. Meet him later in Brooklyn. Yeah, in the, the day. In the in the uh, MS sixty seven, the middle school sixty seven. We we label everything with with MS or IS here. MS sixty seven. I, I I stand on the corner there and I just wait and I just sell the you know the drugs. Good on you. Everyone has a yeah. side hustle. For some, it's wrestling news. It. Andrew Zarian, it's wrestling news and drugs. Yeah, that's it. It's all right. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> are you gonna are you dropping the scoop before you leave or what? No. <laughs> not yet not yet i got i gotta confirm it but next this week i might just this uh, week I'll, I'll call in and i'll do it sure text text me your scoop and i'll, I'll tell you yeah I'll, all right give me the scoop, scoop so i can pre-write this stories this is all i care about <laughs> text it to me and i'll cheater i'm running to my train now like a lunatic Thank you, Andrew Zarian. Much, all right i'll see you guys Take care. goodbye oh the one and only Love Andrew Zarian, even though he didn't break the news on our show. Had to do it on his own show. Can't believe that. And then I gave him the link. I was like, hey, if you finished before, come and come and talk <laughs> about it on our show so we can lend some credibility to what you're saying. And then we didn't get it. Andrew Zarian does know everything from A to Z. <sighs> anyway, hey, leave a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook. Myself and Kate had a banger of a show last night. We came to work three weeks in a row. We're trying to make it four next week uh, when we talk about Survivor Series, but we had a good time. We clickbaited the hell out of our thumbnail. Some people got angry, but some people also stuck around for over two hours to hear us talk about it. So I appreciate that. We had good views, Jeremy. We are top dogs. Apparently, you uh, are wearing the same shirt you wore yesterday, too. I very much am wearing the same shirt that I wore yesterday because I showered at night and then I woke up to wake up my child and get him to school and I wore the same shirt. Why can't you just put on a new shirt, Joel? Am I that like, is this show not as important? Am I not as important that you can't even change shirts for me? Is that where we're at now? Like it's a little, I'm I'm feeling a little second rate, a little used here. Not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm not that important. This show is not that important that you can't even put on a new shirt for us. Tell you what, if y'all send enough super chats, I will consider putting on a new shirt. No, 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 no one needs to see like that. You got at least turn, yeah, I'll the, turn camera off. the camera. To, yeah, yeah, no, I'll do that. Uh, and Ryan Sullivan got us started with sending a super chat. Jeremy, I noticed you and Corey share a byline on Orange Cassidy's drawing story. Did you have to step in once it was Fast and Furious related? Two parts on that. Um, one, yes, I'll, I'll explain it further detail here in a second. Two, uh, that that was a press conference scrum question. If you notice, like a lot of our, uh, not a lot, but uh, there's a, a chunk of our articles do have like two people on the byline. It's because one person typically will, might do the transcription and another person might do like the rest of the article. So I transcribed like any press conference quote, any scrum quote from Full Gear. I transcribed it and then I just left it in uh, our, what we call our timestamp section. And then it's for somebody else to do later on because you know, we, people need to do some stuff, Joel, you know what I mean? Um, but I did have to step in and change the title because the, the headline was something else. And I was like, what are we doing? 
we got to mention fast and fierce in the headline. What what are we doing with this headline here? So I did change the the headline to to include fast and furious because the headline before was not did not include fast and furious. Yeah. So there you go. All right, there you go. And uh, Louis sent there you go. Sent shirt off. Oh, listen, y'all got to donate more money for me to do that. <laughs> I'm still going to turn off the camera because let's face it, the audio avatar that I have now is just the best. I saw it beforehand. I don't remember what it was. Oh, look at that. Why did we want that? Yeah, that's just the, uh, God, what am I looking at face? Which is basically <laughs> how I do things when I look in the mirror in the morning. Yeah, eh, fair. fair. You got it. Someone asking, are they clean? Yeah, listen, I have so many shirts. I have a lot of clean shirts. I have probably about two weeks worth of t-shirts. I just get lazy, man. I just, the, the timing, I can do a shirt for two days. I shower daily. I wear deodorants. I take good care of my my body. I, well, I don't because I put a lot of junk food in it. But I take care of my my. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not sanity. I don't even take good care hygiene? of hygiene. Hygiene. Yes, that's okay. the word. It's like, what are you talking about? Having a bad day at the at the word library. Anyway, clearly, well, yeah, it's, it's not great. You don't speak for a living. I know, right? Who would do that? That's a bad idea. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Full Gear. We're going to touch up a little bit on the Survivor Series end of things because that's coming up this Saturday night. And uh, we'll preview Raw because that's also coming up tonight. We'll, we'll do our thing where we just talk about what's happening on the show in the last like five minutes. How's that? Okay? Sound good? Okay. Mm-hmm. Word library. It's better than word salad, let me tell you. Uh, word well- library. This is basic education. This is This is basic education. Word library. Thank you. I was I'm waiting. unreadable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for that. Uh, full gear. Full gear was this past Saturday. Lots happened and a lot didn't happen. Jeremy, we sat here for an entire week leading up to the event saying, oh, there are only nine matches announced for the show. And then on Friday, you were like, oh, they'll probably announce like four or five more during AEW Collision and, and Rampage. You knew there was going to be buy-in stuff. Well, yeah, but it wasn't even buy-in. It was the idea that the last pay-per-view cards have had 13, 14 matches, but this time they didn't go that route. We stuck to nine. It was still a four-hour show because Tony has said, you know, I, I want the I want people who are paying $50 to get a $50 worth experience. So the pay-per-views, because again, Tony loves his tradition. They go three hours and 58 minutes, except for that one time where the NBA playoffs are happening during the show. And he wanted to make sure that everything ran after the playoffs and got those extra buys. And now everyone just piles on about that one time. And I used to as well, but then I figured out what it was. And here we are. We've moved past that four hour shows, three hour, 58 minute shows are what we get $50. They tried something new, Jeremy. I talked about it with Kate. I said, I like that they tried something new. And that was the idea of trying a through thread through a pay-per-view. Did it work? That's a different question. Do I like that they tried? Yes, because at least it shows some growth and it shows that they are willing to take that risk. I don't think it really went over as well as they had planned, though. Your I don't like they try- that they tried because it wasn't very good. Well, that's the problem. So. Every time you try, the first time's going to suck. You got to try. Uh, do something better in that case. Yep. Uh, I'm sure it's been bantered about and, and talked about ad nauseum. So I'm I'm not going to spend too, too much time on it. Do I think Jay White is buried? Do I think he's ever, never going to recover from this? No, he he'll be fine. They'll, they'll heat him up at some point, put him in the C2 and, you know, get him some wins and stuff. It'll be okay. My issue was just, it wasn't 
necessary. Like it wasn't, it just wasn't necessary. Why was it necessary for MJF to sell this leg angle to do this main event after you spent months with Jay White stealing the title and making Jay White look like a credible threat. He pinned MJF in a tag match. He got the visual pin, all this stuff. You spent months on this and then he can't beat this one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. By the way, MJF as well, I don't think played the role too well when he's doing over-the-top rope cutters and kip-ups off the kangaroo kicks and all this stuff. It's like, if you're going to sell the leg, like sell the leg. Don't Don't be doing all of this stuff. I don't think anybody looked good on this. I don't. Bell to bell, I like the match. Again, the moves are always good. It's crisp. They do a good job, but I agree with you. The selling, that was a big problem. And, you know, chat's kind of feeling one of two ways. They're either like, try or don't try. And I'm on the side of trying. Chi-Town Spurs sends a super chat saying, what do you like about Full Gear? There were things that I liked about Full Gear, and we're going to talk about them. Obviously, Hangman and Swerve is going to be a large topic of discussion, as it has been in multiple spheres. I really liked it. I, I made no bones about it on the internet that I also really liked it. There were multiple things. The Julia Hart title win, I think, came at a good time. Tony Storms, I'm like, we talked about Friday, how I would have booked it differently. We'll talk about it a little more. But there was a lot of really good stuff. There in- was a frying pan hanging out of her ass. Again, and for some reason, no there. one saw this. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. How we could have done it better. We're going to get there. I swear to God. Bell to bell, the matches were good. Again, this is never a problem. I never worry about the wrestlers having not good matches. Bad matches, when wrestlers on this scale are put up to it, almost always deliver. So from an in-ring perspective, I enjoyed the pay-per-view at large. Uh, I enjoyed the Young Bucks going apeshit after the match, channeling Jericho and channeling Christian with their temper tantrums. There's some good stuff coming up there. I don't hate that. So there were a lot of things about the show that I liked. And then there were some things where I'm just like, no, we probably could have done this better. The main event angle being one of those things where I saw it from two ways. I saw it as the the execution was not great. The idea of doing this type of storytelling through a four-hour show, that's good. I would love that. I don't think you need to do multiple you know, angles and setting up matches based on nothing and then having a guy with a busted ankle suddenly get the, the title match to fill in for his friend. Like... Again, we got convoluted and they lost it a little bit, but the idea was there. The thought was there. It just was not executed as well as it could have been. I want them to try it again. I want them to do it better, and that will show growth for me, and that will make things better in this in this company. I don't want them to do it again because I don't know if I got much faith in them doing it. <sighs> and I get that. And I get that because I, I – okay. I said this to Kate, and I'll say it again about Max's storytelling. When the quarter stuff happened, we talked about it, you and I, we talked about it on the show multiple times. And then Max commented and said, it'll play out, you know, let it play out. It's going to be fine. You're going to feel satisfied at the end, I promise. Well, I know that they backtracked on the quarters. I get that. But they still told a similar story when it came to the ring. It was still all about punching him out and being the bully that that Juice Robinson was. And Max was like, I'm going to beat him up because I'm a baby face. Yeah, he did that, but he didn't. It, it didn't change my feeling about how things were being booked in the storytelling itself. There is something getting lost in this story. And I know you and I have talked about this as well. And that's really the crux of the problem with what that main event angle was, is that there's just a lot going on to balance and they didn't balance things efficiently, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Like, and it just wasn't necessary. Like it wasn't, it wasn't necessary to do all of that. And that's kind of my issue. Like if you just have that same match without that leg injury, I'm way more sold on it. Like, all right, you you do the shenanigans. MJF matches have had shenanigans since the beginning of time, by the way. Like this is not new that, hey, there's a ref bump. There's a dynamite diamond ring and everything. Now it's just he's a baby face doing it. And also, what what did I tell you uh, after All In, Joel? For those that may not remember, I said, like, MJF is wrestling a very sports entertainment style. I don't yeah. think this was some type of revelation or anything, but I said it after All In. I was like, he is wrestling a it felt like he had, I don't want to say outgrown because that implies that like AEW is larger. It felt like he had moved on from the AEW style. Now he can still do it. We saw it in the Kenny Omega match. This is not a knock that like MJF can't go out there and have five-star classic type of thing, but he was wrestling the sports entertainment style. And we saw every bit of that at full gear. And I don't think that's what AEW fans really want. They want the, you know, put your money where your mouth is, folks. Get get fucking strap in, in the words of Tony Khan. You can't um, strap in your main event. How are you going to strap in a tournament, Tony? You're the same guy <laughs> doing this thing. Anyway. Like, he, he's been wrestling this style. And I don't, I don't think that's what the, the fans want. They just want the, your good wrestling matches with your, they want the, real stories more than the hokey kind of stories and that's why they 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 love promos like the hangman page promo i had my own faults on it look they they did a good job of swerve winning good uh but they they liked the edgy mjf where he just cuts people type of promos like ooh, they like the oohs and the ahs rather than the uh call and response does that make sense? Like, I, I think yeah. that's for the most part what the AEW audience kind of likes because, and, and I don't say this is, is a good or a bad thing. I think they like it because that's the alternative. Call and response is very WWE and it works like the acclaimed people love the acclaimed, but the, the, uh, uh what, what's a, that's right. Like that never really got over for the acclaimed, like the catchphrases stuff gets over and, and MJF call and response stuff does get over mind you, but I think the majority of the AEW audience likes the oohs and ahs more than the call and response because the call and response is very WWE. And they don't want a WWE product. That's all, that's the whole foundation of AEW is it's different. It's the alternative from WWE. What's but, really interesting, by the way, about what you're saying is that that translates into the in-ring product as well. A yeah. WWE main event is call and response. A good example of this is you have Adam Cole outside playing cheerleader, you know, slapping his hands on the mat, trying to get the crowd into it. And they're taking breaths. They're taking beats. They're not they're not going 100 miles an hour oohs and ahs as they would be in, say, the ladder match or what has been AEW's main event style, which is, you know, kind of like the New Japan style. And that's fine. The idea here of Max being the sports entertainer as a babyface, he is taking every single babyface trope he's ever learned from uh, being a wrestling fan and applying it to his character because he's never been a babyface before i've said this once and i'll say it again if he's going to be a heel and turn again then he needs to tell the story of like i played all y'all 
I like you guys look like idiots because you think that things like kangaroo kicks and you know my scumbag are fun, but in reality they're stupid. You're stupid. You a bunch of dumb marks. Yada yada yada. And then he goes off and he gets the booze that he so rightfully deserves. But we're gonna get to a point where we're a little too far gone from that. However, when you do something like the Super Cena style match that you had, is that? Is that adding to his character attempt at being a babyface, or is that going a little too far for the sake of just doing his gimmick, his shtick? I I don't know if it added. To me, it was a, just a little too far, and that just like it wasn't it wasn't for me. Like, um, and in the the post, you know, media scrum promo with the like crying and stuff i'm like this is this is comedy like i was laughing at this more than like feeling oh i feel so bad i'm like this is just over the top nonsense and look if he comes around and it's like look all you guys got worked i fooled you all ha 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 then okay then it's something but does that mean it it was good in the moment no like you kind of retcon it of like ah see i meant to do that Remember that was the, that was the argument with MJF, like when during these promos of um, that that people didn't like the argument for him was like, oh, he's he's meaning it to be bad. It's meant to be bad right. because yeah. you know he's getting all in all your heads. Like, I don't think saying like, yeah, I meant to be bad. I meant to do these main event matches that you weren't gonna like. I meant to oversell all of this stuff. Doesn't make it better. That doesn't mean it was good then. It's like, okay, so you willingly put on a bad product. That makes it worse to me. It's like you you willingly did some bad shit and, and turned off your fans. Like, that's not good either. Um, look, main event wasn't for me. They, the MJF stuff. There's some good stuff there. Uh, but the, the stuff at Full Gear was not part of the good stuff. I was waiting, by the way, for the devil to, to show up. And I'm not saying I was disappointed because I don't have the expectations as, as we, you know, Jeff Eller driver says, speculate, don't expect. Uh, I didn't have the expectation of the devil, but I was just waiting of like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And nothing. And to me, that's just a, that's just a miss. You've spent two months doing this devil thing. The devil appeared in the middle of September when they first attacked Jay White, who was in the main event, by the way, this all started with Jay White getting attacked. So here's Jay White in the main event. That's your thread, by the way. You want to do a through thread from the pre-show to the main event? That's your thread. It's the devil and fucking with MJF and Jay White. It's not this. And there was no nothing with the devil. And I'm just like, not only are you going to do what you said, Joel, of you're going to prolong this thing until seemingly world's end. You didn't even give us a tease or anything on this pay-per-view. So two things. One, um, just going back to the match itself, how you could have made this match so, so much better because we do talk about how it, it could have been better, or how maybe it would have been played differently. If the match had just been a straight up one-on-one Jay White versus Adam, uh, not Adam Cole, Jay White versus MJF and MJF just wants his title back. That's all he's trying to do. He's trying, he's going to beat the shit out of uh, Jay White because Jay White stole his property. Jay White stole his title. There's no way that Jay White deserves to have what isn't his. You have a hot match. You beat him up. You get the title back. Jay White still looks good in defeat, yada, yada, yada. We don't have to play this long game that we did throughout the pay-per-view. That's how I would have played it, very simply. And then he could have done an AEW-style match, main event that didn't have 
you know, all the shenanigans involved. You could have even had Adam Cole there because you had established earlier in the night that he's in the building. Now, the devil. The devil was in the building because if the devil is Adam Cole, then he was there all night. And now the speculation runs rampant. If it's Adam Cole, he was there. No devil showed up. But every time Adam Cole is around, the devil somehow shows up, whether that's digitally or going back to that very first week where Adam Cole left and then the devil arrived. If Adam Cole is the devil, then the devil was already there. And that's kind of where your brain goes because now you're associating Adam Cole with that guy. That's where I'm kind of at with the devil thing. There was no reveal, no, um, there was no reveal and there was no mention because he was hiding in plain sight. And if okay. that's the story, then I like that. We, no one expected to see Adam Cole at this show. When his music hit and he came down with the crutches and the boot, there was like two minds. It was one was, oh my God, he's here. That's great. The other thing was, oh, he's going to take off that boot or beat someone with a crutch and it's going to be all a big work and he never had the surgery. That's not the case. He did have the surgery. He's out for however long he's out, but he made an appearance. So my feeling became, okay, the devil story is, it's Adam Cole, but he's just hiding in plain sight until someone figures it out. And that's okay. fair. Maybe maybe that's what it is in the end. It is Adam Cole is the reveal. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see when they, they cross that bridge, if they, they ever get there. Why Sobel mentions, does anyone think the kingdom were supposed to be involved, but that gnarly uh, injury to Roddy made the take an audible possible. I don't know why that injury would preclude him from just like appearing and doing stuff you don't have to have him wrestle or anything i mean he ended up finishing that match so he was at least okay to do that i assume they were in the building considering it's the same building that they wrestled the night before uh so i I assume they were at least in the building um so yeah i don't know it's possible that they had to call an audible because of that but i don't know if they would have needed to if they Roddy and the kingdom guys weren't going to wrestle and they were just going to kind of do stuff and not actually get, get physical. Um, I guess we won't, we'll, we'll maybe never know that in, unless, you know, it's reported or confirmed by, by somebody. Maybe they weren't in the building, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm completely wrong and they weren't, they were in the area. I will say that because they were there the night before, but maybe they didn't show up because it was too, like, it was just like, eh, yeah, let's just be safe and sorry. And they did have to kind of call that audible. Yeah, for what it's worth, from what I read, Alvarez said he was okay, which is good news. And if that's the case, wonderful. He but finished yeah, the match. He finished the match. And and if the idea here was just like, uh, you took a you took a header, you took a stinger, maybe we need to you just relax for a week, you know, or, or for however many days until dynamite, and then we reassess. Um, yeah, in that case, you know what, health above everything else. So I would applaud that. Um, or he was never planned to be a part of this whole thing, and we're just talking for the sake of talking. Either way, it's good to know that Roddy is okay following everything that happened because it was a it was a scary spot it was a yeah, yeah scary moment in that match i uh yeah went back and watched and i was like oh damn because i didn't realize it first because i i watched collision on saturday morning i was like See, oh, shit. i was confused of like oh are they just like because he has a neck injury right like the the fake injury is a neck injury so they do this and they're checking on him and they're talking about his neck i was like are they just working like ah, ha ha the neck neck strong stuff and then they continue the match and i legitimately thought like oh they are like it's just kind of a, a work thing but then yeah once you look at the spot again when i saw the replay and stuff, i was like oh i don't think they were working on that they they that looked very real and that 
if that's a work, if they could work that kind of spot, bless them, because that's a tough work spot to do. Um, but yeah, I don't think so. It just happened to be like, oh, he suffered sort of the same uh, injury area that they've been, uh, you know, they've been doing a work on the entire time. So it may have made fans believe that it was a work. Um, yeah, it didn't look good, though. But th- thankfully, it seems like he's he's OK, which is good. Yeah. Um, anything else on the card that or not on the card? Anything else about main event stuff you want to talk about or you want to move to something else? Um, no, again, I don't think Jay White's buried. I, I hope people don't like I know that's the thing of like, oh, what are they going to do with Jay White? I don't think that I just don't think it was necessary. I don't think Jay White looked good. Mind you, like I will like I don't think he looked good that after all of this months of buildup, that was the payoff of how he lost to everything. Like yep. one dynamite diamond ring shot. He hit that man with the belt and MJF still kicked out. He got hit with the diamond ring once. And then MJF fell on him with that weak ass cover and Jay white couldn't kick out. Yeah. That was a little, uh, it just wasn't a good main event and the cage match ratings back it all up. Since Sony put so much importance on the cage match ratings. Uh, like that's, that's probably the worst. I would have to imagine that's the worst rated main event in AEW history. I can't think of another one. People might point to the ending of, okay, that's the ending. No one's going to say that match was bad though. No one's going to say Moxley and Omega had a bad barbed wire match. Yeah. The, the blow off sucked, but no one's going to be like, Hey, that match wasn't very good. This was a a match that had a lot of logicals to it. Um, I can't think of another AEW main event that was like, that was rated. Uh, let's actually see what Eddie or not Eddie Kingston, John Moxley and Kenny Omega got for in the cage match lore uh, for that barbed wire massacre main event. It gave us 69 me Don after that. So clearly it was very well worth it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that match, by the way, exploding. That was revolution 2021. That match got a 7.6. Again, the match was good. What about and this? What about punk and Mox? from uh from all that where they ran it back okay yeah that one was a little divisive um that one got a 8.2 yeah not even close this mjf match by the way as i am we are doing this show live on air at 10 40 a.m eastern on november 20th is sitting at 4.4 mjf and jay white it is not even above a five it's not even a 4.5 it's yeah, it's it's by far the lowest. I can't think of anything else. I mean, we just kind of brought up the two that might be there, and it's way below those two. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, let's let's hit a couple super chats and then we can move on. Wilchism says, "I knew when I saw the angle, I said people are going to be split by this. I'm okay, but I was laughing when AEW fans said we we don't want that bloodline booking, but that's MJF's matches." He's booking, they're booking a very uh, sports entertainment style right now with him. And he's got a lot of say in his creative. And if that's what he wants to do moving forward, then I don't know, would it fit more in a WWE sphere if that were a place he wound up? It, who knows when? Is it worth it? The for great him? bidding war of 2024. Sure. Well, let's call it I, the great I, bidding war of 2027 just to quell expectations. <laughs> I tweeted, I tweeted this yesterday. Like, that's what he could be doing. And, and look, you can you can think that's better. You can think that's worse. Y- your opinion is your opinion of this. That's what he could be doing right now, though, is is doing the I got this title. 
who knows where I'm going to go. Might go to WWE. Might might stay here. Tony Khan's got it. He's still like hinting at it a little bit, but it ain't like in your face like it was kind of to start his reign. Um, like there's been no little you know, Nick Khan, Cody roller coaster mentions on AEW television like we were getting. So he could be doing that. And maybe you like that. Maybe you prefer that. Maybe you think that sucks too. Uh, but that's what he could be doing. Yeah. And Chai Tatsper sent us another super chat saying, MJF's recent style is making me realize I actually have no problem with him leaving to WWE. It would be bad for business, sure, but it ain't my money. I'd rather have so many others in the spot right now. That's a fair assessment. Again, I go with MJF is trying to tell different stories in the AEW atmosphere. And, you know, I... I I appreciate the attempt, but also you and I, Jeremy, sat here for a long time being like, they got to get back to basics. They got to figure out something that's going to work better. And sometimes just your tried and true method works, but you kind of work with within it and you grow it out. MJF seems to want to start a, a secondary bubble in which to grow, almost like a Venn diagram where things eventually lap over. Am I, am I off on that assessment or how do you feel? It's not all on MJF. Kenny Omega did an interview with uh, Sports Illustrated, I believe, uh, Justin Barrasso. So it's Kenny's fault. This past week. No, Kenny did an interview and no, no, sorry, sorry. It was our pal Chris Mueller, uh, Doc Chris Mueller, Bleacher Report. Sorry, apologies to to Chris Mueller. Um, He did an interview with with Chris and he was asked about, uh, you know, being the face of the company, being the champion, carrying the company and everything. And like it's been MJF for a year. Over a year now. And it's not all on him. But stuff has gone downhill. Like metrics that we can see, ratings and tickets have gone down in this last year. Again, not all on MJF, but a lot of times, right or wrong, usually it's wrong. A lot of times the champion is the reason for that. Like that, that historically, am, am I wrong in saying historically that the champion gets a lot of blame? for when business is down and stuff, you, especially in like the nineties era and stuff. I think it's, it's been a little bit different over the past, you know, since WWE was the only game in town because it's like, eh, okay, business is down, but where else are you going to go? You know, right now, AW business is down. You can go to WWE. You can watch WWE whose business is way up by the way. And I'm not saying that's all on Roman Reigns who wrestles 11 matches a year. Bless him. That's, that's true work rate right there. Um, not saying it, the business is way up because of Roman Reigns, but there is certainly an intrigue in that bloodline stuff that, you know, has helped business over the years. And then they've capitalized by doing other things on top of that. MJF right now, he's the champion. He's the face of the company. Business is down with him as the face of the company and as champion over the last year. I have some breaking news. It's not AEW. Well, it is kind of AEW related. Remember how Snoop Dogg was like, I'm quitting smoke? The payoff Mm -hmm. has been revealed, Jeremy Lambert's. Edibles. No, it's an ad for Solo Stove. He is going for that propane butane gimmick instead. What? It's I'm going smokeless with Solo Stove. It's some outdoor camping bullshit. (laughs) He just tweeted it like 40 minutes ago with the ad. Someone's got to update the the article over on Fightful. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I get why we ran it, but it's like you know, this is a bit like it's this man ain't quitting smoking. 
It's absolutely bad. Well, I mean, listen, everyone was like, edibles, edibles. I was like, yeah, that would make sense. It would be funny. No, yeah. instead, it's he's doing some sort of gimmick for a stove. <laughs> An outdoor stove. He's basically ran from Coleman. Oh, fantastic. All right, let's move on. I just, I had to get, I had to get that out there because I think it's hilarious. Um, Snoop. God bless that man. Greatest, uh, greatest dive in the history of wrestling. Greatest elbow in the history of wrestling. Oh, so why, why is Saul Bowl? Uh, that's the match of the year, by the way, Snoop and um, The Miz. Yes. To, to me, if that's not your match of the year, you should rewatch different wrestling. Why yeah. uh, says, I don't associate any of the stuff going on with AEW to MJF, especially with how hot the Cole MJF feud. The, the Cole MJF feud was very hot. I do think they were right in prolonging it. The problem is Adam Cole got injured and they have, we've talked about it on the show plenty of time. They've not pivoted well off of the Adam Cole injury that whatever the backup plan was that if they had one but the pivot has been the pivot and so far it's missed i don't know what the original plan for adam cole and mjf was uh you know whether or not we were going to get some type of payoff out of this by now um but yeah whatever the backup plan was uh it, it hasn't worked and dave saying uh aren't mjf segments some of the highest ratings in awtv typically they are and that's why i say i don't think it's all on MJF because it seems like for the most part he's drawing well there are low points and the low points seem to be squash matches and unfortunately uh in the case of a few weeks ago uh, the the women's match uh so it's not all on MJF I I feel like I made that very clear I do want to stress that that it is not all on MJF saying historically you you gotta look at the top and then it goes down from there and it Right now, the the top has led to a decline in in ratings and and in in viewership or, or ratings and, and ticket sales. Sorry, so there is something that the top's not clicking, and people are dis- the underneath clearly isn't strong enough to help lift that because otherwise, it's like okay, we might not like the top, but hey, we're gonna go for this. It's down all the way across the board. It's down. Not all MJF's fault. Everyone co- concedes that. He's still the champion. When do you do Samosa Joe versus MJF? Is that a world final ending? battle? Because you ain't got no damn ROH title match for this show. So that all got turned on its head. Thankfully, so when, when Ronda Rousey showed up, you and I talked about this on the Friday show. We said, is what happens to final battle now? And thankfully, it looks like that's just unchanged. It looks like the Ronda match is a... An airing on Honor Club thing. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into Ronda versus Athena for the ROH Women's Championship because that's I think just. It might. If it does, I, I know that people will. Oh, I feel bad for Billy Starks. Well, I, I kind of would, but I mean, I get it. She's young, and this is a big opportunity to have more eyes on the product. If you know, if Ronda's going to bring them, I don't know. Uh, but I, the story they've been telling has been largely about Billy and Athena, and final battle is when you would have. Put that off and put that on and made it the moment. But instead, if it becomes Ronda and Athena for the title, I'm very much not interested. Uh, it's not for me. However, Eddie Kingston, let's talk about it. Eddie and Jay Lethal have their match during the uh, the zero hour. Sure, I looked that at it and one I was like, day before. Yeah, that was that in the becoming a ladder match out of the four way tag match. I was like, where did this come from? Oh, right. So they announced that they're going to do the Ring of Honor World Championship match on the Zero Hour. Okay. At that point, sure, get it out of the way. It's not going to be Final Battle, maybe. We'll find out soon enough. 
Let's just get through it and then do Jeff Jarrett versus Eddie Kingston or not. Then Eddie announces that he's going to be part of the E1. Cool. All right. And then he says, I'm also going to pull a BLP turbo graphs uh, and put my title on the line every single time I'm in the tournament. And at that point, I'm like, great, you're paying homage to Black Label. That's really nice of you. And then they triple down and they say this title, first of all, apparently this is another championship that's going to be introduced to AEW. That's one take. And the other one was this is going to be a triple threat or a, sorry, a triple crown championship, uh, the likes of which we've never seen unless you watch All Japan Pro Wrestling and Nakajima is a champion right now. So that is where we stand. Eddie Kingston's going to put that title up a whole bunch. Are we going to have an E1 match for the Ring of Honor Championship at Final Battle? Is the Final Battle champion is the Final Battle ROH Championship match going to be whoever holds that title at the time taking on a number 1 contender that comes out of the woodwork? What are we doing? What what is Ring of Honor, Jeremy Lambert? Cuz Kate and I tried to figure this out last night and we still have no friggin' clue. I I, I, real quickly be, before this, I'm sorry to to go off of this because I I don't know why I hate bringing up ratings and I did it and now people are MJF had one of the lowest segments this past Wednesday. All right, the the final segment with MJF and Bullet Club that was the lowest rated segment on the show. Uh, so there and then but he also has high ratings on other times like it's it's a give and take i'm literally i i probably went too broad scope and i apologize for going too broad scope yes there are quarter hours to factor i don't have all of that data in front of me i i just looked up this one but i know like mjf and when he opens you know against daniel garcia does a high rating because the lead-in is good and it's also a, a through show problem. It's not all MJF. Again, I went broad scope. I apologize for going maybe too broad scope of things. There are people much smarter than me, like Brandon Thurston, who look at quarter hour stuff and can determine this stuff better than me. I went broad scope on this. Uh, I'm sorry for, for doing that. All right. Uh, this, this, uh, this fantastic tournament here. Eddie Kingston, the way he explained it was, yeah, he's just getting defended every single time, and then whoever gets it, gets it. But the way it's uh, now is is just like, whoever wins it gets all three titles. So they get the ROH title, they get the New Japan title, they get the Continental title, and it's just basically, it's three titles, but it's one title, and it can be defended in all of them. And it seems like it's always going to be three titles, though so i don't know if you're carrying around one title if you're carrying around three titles so a little odd um but i see what they're trying to do it does to me it makes the the main event or not the main event uh final battle i don't know if they have a match because eddie's the champion but this tournament takes place in the middle of final battle or final battle takes place in the middle of this tournament go ahead i'm you can have him in it because they're basically in Texas for the entirety of this whole of this tournament and the time that they're there. Right. Uh, they're, they're at Curtis Caldwell for Final Battle and the next night. So in terms of logistics, you can like Eddie can be there or whoever the champion. No, no, is. I know he can be there. Okay, but is it? It's not an ROH title match unless it's part of the tournament. Because who can? If let's say let's say for argument's sake, Eddie Kingston faces ethan page but ethan page is not in the continental classic 
and Ethan Page wins the ROH title. He beats Eddie Kingston. Who cares? Because the winner of the Continental Classic gets the ROH title. So right. yes. And if you put the title, let's say let's say both men are in the Continental Classic, and let's say, oh hey, this is a Continental Classic match right here. Eddie Kingston, Ethan Page. It's part of the Continental Classic. It's still not technically an ROH title match because the ROH title match or the the, the winner of the Continental Classic gets the ROH title. So you can't do an ROH title match at final battle because whoever wins, it's not going to matter two weeks later when whoever wins the Continental Classic gets the ROH title. I mean, theoretically, you can do it. Corey saying Briscoe and Kingston final battles. Sure, you can do that. You can say ROH title, but two weeks later, unless Eddie Kingston or Mark Briscoe wins the tournament, that that ROH title match doesn't mean anything because whoever wins the tournament gets the ROH title. So yeah, Mark Briscoe and Eddie Kingston can wrestle for the ROH title at final battle. The winner can hold up the title. And then two weeks later, Brian Danielson can just hold up all three of the titles without beating either man because he won this tournament. So they kind of like stepped on their own foot here with with final battle and doing a title match. From my understanding, maybe Tony Khan comes out and he has important announcement and he announces that, hey, here's our workaround. But from the way I'm viewing it by what's been announced, this is am i wrong like aren't you isn't am i misreading this no you're you're not and i was of two mindsets when eddie announced that he was going to do this i thought tony was going to set and be like no he misspoke but instead no they leaned right into it and that is the plan i don't know why i maybe tony really wants that ultimo dragon photo that that all the titles right the seven titles but that's that that's not i don't know tony we know this about tony khan he loves that 90s era WCW, ECW, Japanese pro wrestling, whatever you want, all like different Japanese promotions. He loves those matches and that style of booking. And now he's starting to book some of this stuff as if he's watching it again. And it's so frustrating because, yeah, like Corey's saying in the chat, like you could do that final battle match. And we just, you know, you, you touched on it too. He can say this particular match is part of the tournament and it's also for the Ring of Honor Championship. So we're going to have it as a very special match, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, well, why? What, like, what is the title? What is, what does the title mean in this case? Or does Tony come out and say, whoever holds the title on December 15th will face Ring of Honor, you know, this person X. And if that person wins, then they're going to take the spot of Eddie Kingston in the tournament or whoever the champion is. But then you're just subbing out a person and that doesn't work either. So like, can't it is, no, you can't. It's a big hole. Or suddenly it's like, if Ethan, let's just use Ethan Page as an example because Ethan Page is great. If Ethan Page beats the Ring of Honor World Champion, he wins the Ring of Honor World Championship. And now it's no longer a triple crown event. Now it is a dual crown event. And the open uh, the strong open weight championship and the continental classic tournament whatever championship those are in play you can't do that either because it's a big convoluted mess and you're just going to get people confused so yeah final battle has become almost more to the bottom of second tier than it was already this is why and i hate admitting this this is why the ronda athena match would make sense yeah. is because now you have now you have to replace your world title match and you're probably going to put your women's match on last again, which fine. Great. Again, the women of, of ring of honor have been anchoring the company. Ronda Rousey sure as shit. Hasn't 
But if you're trying to do star power, boost ticket sales, blah, 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 it's a business and I can't, I'm not going to blame you for trying to boost your ticket sales, but you've done it the wrong way. In my opinion, it's very, very strange and very convoluted. I think it's not great that this show is December 15th. We're less than a month away from this show. And I'm sure they'll announce, you know, a lot of stuff They'll, And then we can all look back and in Tony's brain, like, see, I was planning for that to go all the way back to August. Athena and Billy Starks would have been the big one, even though it's not announced. People can see that coming. The rest of this show, you have no idea what it, what it looks like. You know, Samoa Joe was on the poster. He just gave up the title. You're getting this six way, whatever, what is a four way, six way for the six way for the tag okay. for the uh, titles for the, the the TV title. All right, so you're getting that. You don't know who's actually in that match, but you're getting that. Um, MJF's on the poster because he's the is MJF like actually working this show? Are we? That's I, another question that I have. Is yeah, what what happens with the tag titles? Who who's going to be? Uh, is, is there going to be a tag title match? Is MJF going to relinquish the tag titles? Because maybe Samosa Joe will just be like, "Do what I did, champ." Are you are you just a big old pussy? <laughs> just go relinquish your tag titles. No, they're not, and that's another thing that's on the the horizon. You got the six man tag titles. Will World Tag League will that be over by December? Yeah, that ends December tenth. So there yeah. you go. That the trios, the the six man tag titles, they'll they'll be on the line against who knows who. Um, but they won't be on television the entire lead up to it. At least no, like they won't. they'll send in a promo <laughs> or they'll have a proxy yeah. like Nana or Cage doing the promos for them. Right. Yeah, but otherwise, like Gates of Agony are in Japan, so they won't be on the actual TV portion of it, like doing anything. Um, yeah, it's 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 final battle. Oh, I just knocked over my water. Fortunately, the cap was on. Uh, <laughs> final battle is a a a show that. It's typically the biggest ROA show of the year, and we have no idea what's actually going to be on this. And again, they it, like if you don't have a world title match, fine. I don't think that's good, especially because there are so limited ROA shows, and it's already a show with limited amount of like, hey, come see this person on there. So it, it's not good that there's no world title match. But like if you're gonna, if you don't have it, okay, fine. Um, yeah, they they can do a they can do a uh they can do a tournament match, but again, what's it really going to mean? And here's here's the other thing that, that I wanted to bring up about the this champion or the tournament winner becoming this triple crown champion thing. My expectations of who's going to win this have lessened because of this, because the ROH title is it's a secondary AEW title. Right, I don't feel like I'm too wrong in saying that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Kingston has held it. Like, even when Chris Jericho had it, they tried to build it to. They tried to have it to have prestige because they were searching for a TV deal, and then they just ended up on Honor Club. Um, but Claudio, it's been treated as a secondary AEW title for the most part. That's no knock on who's held it. It's just where they've placed the title as the New Japan Strong title is basically a secondary New Japan title right like it's big on the new japan strong shows but like eddie ain't even headlining the new japan strong shows they're putting the never open weight title on the headline for those matches like ain't even having that title headline their own new japan strong shows well when 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 the machine gun carl anderson is part of your title lineage you put that shit on last you always do 
So, like, it's kind of, it's a secondary New Japan title. Eddie's most likely not defending that title at, well, we don't know. He's not even going to be a champion come Wrestle Kingdom. But, like, he ain't part of Wrestle Kingdom or anything. So, it's a secondary New Japan title. And now it's going to be an AEW title as well. It's obviously not the world title. So, it's largely a secondary AEW title. So, overall, this thing is a secondary championship. And that that's it. Like, it's a secondary championship. So I'm kind of expecting almost a secondary winner. Like, it's cool if Brian Danielson wins. That'd be great. But I don't think that, you know, is he going to work ROH shows? Is he going to work New I'm, I'm sure he wants to do that stuff. Maybe Brian Danielson's the guy who elevates it. But now I'm just looking at it, and I'm just like, yeah, it just feels like it's whoever wins this thing is just going to hold this secondary title. Ah, uh, the Chris Jericho method. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm old enough to remember when Tony Khan leveraged Chris Jericho's Ring of Honor World Title match and championship reign as a television booster. And then when offered by CW Network, he said, nah. Look, Garcia would be like a, a good, like the person who holds it can certainly elevate it. I'm just saying the way they've treated the ROH title, the way they've treated the the new japan strong title and then whatever comes of the the AEW title it feels like it's a a secondary type type of thing and so i was i was honestly a little bit more excited for the tournament when i thought that the winner would just get a world title shot AEW world i was like hell yeah like you get an AEW world title shot like that's the top prize and everything you go through this tournament you get this this big world title shot like the g1 is the g1 you win that thing and you go on to main event, the biggest show of the year, unless you get lose a fan vote. Like you go on to main event, the biggest show of the year. This is just like you win this thing, and it's like you get this triple crown title, and now you got to work ROH tapings and stuff. Like uh, the the prize kind of it made me think that tournament's a little bit more secondary than I would have liked it to to be initially. I don't know if you saw my reply to your tweet about about everything you're saying it's like you win the titles like do i really want this title i was like this is south park this is this is the baseball episode yeah, lot, this, yeah. is, this is just everyone's gonna throw every match with eddie just be like i want that shit i'd also love to know like there's like this small part of me again where like did eddie just misspeak but then they leaned into it like did did rocky and new japan were they okay with this do they know who holds that title do they know where your open weight championship is? It was just very strange to me the way that everything played out here. I like you said, this should have been a world championship opportunity. Like this should have been the the revolution title match, you know, is the winner of the Continental Classic. You get 2 months to build it and here we are. But no, instead it's <laughs> the winner gets Sting's last match. No, we don't even get that. It's just a very strange and convoluted uh story and i kind of think mark briscoe is winning it i kind of think so too because once eddie said that and then it was like here's another participant mark briscoe and i'm like well there's your winner i guess and good on mark you know what he came back from injury early he looks great he's doing everything he's entertaining as hell uh in like the most peculiar way so i appreciate it go ahead no no go ahead sorry sorry no no i was just gonna say like him winning that's fine but again it becomes a this is very much a secondary, a second class tournament, given the stakes that have been added. 
Okay, sorry. I, I shouldn't have raised my hand there. No, that's uh, okay. I didn't want to be called on in class. Um, <laughs> do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but I do I do want to, and, and Wysolable says this, like, Ferret, what does the rest of the field look like? Yeah, we're two days away from this tournament, and we got four of 12 participants. Like, that doesn't inspire much hope to me that we only have four people announced, and we're two days away from this thing starting. Like, typically, again, G1, World Tag League, Best of Super Juniors, on this tournament stuff, especially a round-robin tournament. If you're just going to do single elimination tournament and you want to announce that like the week before, okay, fine, whatever. Single elimination tournament ain't super difficult to, to put together. You know who's going to win, you know who's going to lose type of thing. There's got to be a little effort into a round-robin. There's like math involved in this shit of trying to figure out who's going to beat who and win and how you get from point A to point B on this. Like the fact that we only have four out of 12 people, two days away from the tournament is, is a little, I'm just like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about, about this. And then to, to piggyback off of that, Tony and his put your king of the dot, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, what, what was your facial reaction? I just dropped the battle rap reference. I know you no, didn't understand it was, that. It was just the Tony doing that and being like, put your money where your mouth is. And him being like, this is the, the tournament we always wanted. This is amazing. Da, 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 da. And I was like, then, then this drops. And it's like, well, no, now it's not because this is a secondary tournament. If you, if you took out the titles, then this has the opportunity to be a world-class tournament, but instead you just turned it into, these are all my guys that I like, but aren't putting on, regular you know title or tv story rotation so have fun plus danielson and 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 eddie yeah the 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 put your money where your mouth is comment was i don't i I didn't get uh, jimmy van seemed to take this very personal which was hilarious i was just like i was just like eh, sure but like you're almost telling you're almost setting yourself up for disappointment on this is it's just like tune in you said you wanted great wrestling you said you wanted uh you said you wanted uh you know non-sports entertainment you said you wanted clear pure wrestling sports style uh, um you know presentation here you go here's your chance prove it to everybody and it's like if it doesn't do well tony can just be like see you don't actually want this you didn't you didn't really want this type of thing and if it does do well, like, great, is that going to inspire any type of change of like, all right, well, now we got to go back to what AEW was sort of founded on type of thing. Like, I, it was a weird comment to make of just how defiant he was. I didn't mind it. I thought it was funny, honestly. Like, yeah, good. You should be defiant on this. Like, fuck these people who are like, I hope he was defiant to people in his own company of like, yeah, you, you keep saying of... uh you want to do sports entertainment stuff like nah this is what aw really is like all right and and the fans are gonna back us on this they've lost some goodwill with the fans though this ain't the same fan base that was like rah rah aw in 2019 and then again in 2021 this is a different aw fan base that you've part you've cut off because of the stuff you've been doing and now you're hoping to, to win them back with this and you know it's it's very possible that it doesn't happen because of people you put in this tournament because look i i understand people are 
they do want the sports style presentation and stuff like yeah i i kind of want that too but like if part of your sports style presentation no offense to these guys all right i people might get mad by the names i'm about to say don't forget to flame jeremy in the comments yeah no offense to these guys if part of your sports style presentation is a 18 minute match between daniel garcia and brian cage I don't know how accepting people are going to be of that. And people know I love Daniel Garcia. I use him because all you've done is beat him on television for however long. You gave him one win against Trent, and then he got a title shot, and then he's lost three matches since then. He's lost to MJF. He's lost to Andrade. He's lost to Miro. So, and then he was losing a bunch of matches before that. And Brian Cage, nothing wrong with him. Good worker. He's been presented how he's been presented over however long in the AEW universe. He's the guy that took the loss in that street fight because no one else was going to take that loss. Like Brian Cage took it. So again, Daniel Garcia, Brian Cage, will it be a good match? Yeah, probably. And are there stakes because you're doing this? Yes. But Yane exactly told me that Daniel Garcia, Brian Cage is an important match in the, the AEW universe. So again, no offense to those guys but if you're that's going to be your rallying point of like see you didn't tune in to see daniel garcia and brian cage as part of this tournament you actually don't want this style of presentation the numbers prove it it's like yeah that ain't really your point fake fans yeah says tony khan (laughs) you actually have a point (laughs) i feel sometimes i'm smart at this most of the time i'm not and i'm just trolling but like sometimes I'm okay. This is our morning show. We talk about the things that we are finding entertaining or frustrating or everything in between. That's what we do here. But uh, yeah, that, that's why that's why this works is because we have a lot. That's what he does at the women's matches. Well, let's talk about Tony Storm. Plate to the ass, wins the world championship. Sheeta goes three times and three times up, three times down. Could you have done this a little longer with Sheeta? I think so. I told Kate. You could have extended this even to winter is coming. You could have given it another few weeks. You could have given it. I don't think you needed to extend to world's end. You could have just given us a little more. Just you, you, you gave us Mariah May. And now it's like, now the story is going to shift directly to Mariah and Tony, which again, strike while the iron's hot. I get it. Now let's talk about the ass plate. You want to know how you fix it? Jeremy Lambert. It's very easy. You tell the referee it's going to be in my left cheek, be on my right side when you count the pin, or vice versa. Whatever it is, you just make sure that the referee doesn't have her face directly in the plate's view. And I get it. People are like, oh, don't be a pervert. Da, 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 da. Yeah, well, listen, if if MJF did it, still be having to stare at his ass, too. <laughs> just, it was clearly hanging out. Everyone saw it hanging out. Have Luther come in and distract Aubrey for a little longer. I guess she was taking it. Have Mariah, send Mariah down early to distract Aubrey for a little bit. Just have Tony fix it. Fix it, get it higher to where it's not hanging out, and then do it, and then do the pin. Like, there are plenty of ways to do this. It just, it looked bad. The referee looks stupid. Um, You'll be back. He always comes back. They did a lot of dick kicking. Oh, there you go. You're back. All right. You're back. I was Um, saying that there's a lot, there was a lot of dick kicking involved in the show as well, but not in this match. No. 
Um, yeah, so they, they could have just done that. They could have just had Luther or Mariah distract Aubrey, put the plate up a little bit so it was not hanging out as it was. It didn't look good. Um, and as far as the, the actual booking, well, I think you had to go with Tony Storm. I think you got to strike while the, the ass plate is hot on this. Um, I, I do, I do think Tony Storm was the right call. The problem is you just put the belt on Sheeta, uh, you know, forty days ago, and now you're undercutting another one of her reigns. And it's like, how many times can you go back to Sheeta now? And I said it after, I said it after, or I said it before. Sorry, no, this is the after show. Uh, I said it before when I thought Tony was going to win because it did seem that that was the direction they were going. Okay, Tony wins. I understand that. Sheeta cannot just be you're off television for five months now. You gotta do something here with her that that just salvages things. Because if she's just the person that comes in, holds the title for a little bit, has some good matches during the run, and then loses, it's like, all right, like cool, but what what else is there to Sheeta? Like she's gotta she's gotta be more to that to me and i don't know if if she is because now we've got tony storm just doing the mariah may thing which will be good i'm looking forward to that story how many matches is tony gonna actually do uh remains to be seen and then we got julia with the tbs title which again julia was hot that was the call you should go with in that instance can i Uh, I touch on that real quick so the julia hart thing i agree by the way um and the match was good it was solid we talked about why chris statlander has been good and why they could be better with her, but this particular title reign for her wasn't really working. Julia Hart was working. You did strike while the iron was hot, but it was perfect because you did the wrestle dream match. That was your test. The fan base was like, man, she should have won, but I understand why she didn't. They gave this one enough time and enough build to get there. It worked this time. And on top of that, if Julia had won at wrestle dream, but she was going to be away for a few weeks and a new yeah. champion being away for three weeks at the time because she got married and had her honeymoon. Um, that was just, I'm just putting it out there because some people didn't know at the time. Um, yeah, that would have looked bad as a presentation. Now they have the opportunity to actually have pulled the trigger. Uh, Sky Blue took the pinfall instead of Chris. So Chris Stalliner could come back. They can do the match again. And then you can establish Julia Hart as the real, you know, cemented champion. This was good. I really enjoyed what they did with that triple threat, and I enjoyed that Sky Blue came out in uh, different gear that wasn't the the Scooby Blue. That's the gear she wore like the previous night. She had a new theme and everything. She's wearing a crown instead of a hat. You should see her in a crown. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hello, Andrew Zarian. Zarian's back in the chat. He's at work. As if he doesn't know that this show is a two-hour show. Two-hour show, Andrew Zarian. Uh to, on on the point of of Julia Hart, it's good that she won the title. Uh, that is like that was the person to go with. Now, okay, what are you going to do with her and House of Black as, as the champion and stuff? Because Statlander and Sheeta's reigns were basically just let's have good matches type of reigns. Julia and and Tony Storm, not that they, not that they can't have good matches. They can. They don't. That's not their character. Their character is not just like, hey, let's go out and have cool matches. There is more to them than just good match person. And now you got to capitalize and figure out a way to do that. This is where I wonder, 
if they go too heavy on the sports entertainment, people are just like, oh, I don't know about this. Even though they like Tony Storm and they like Julia Hart and they like the work they're doing, if it becomes too much about the character and not enough about the title, are people going to be like, ooh, I don't like this anymore? Uh, I do wonder if that is going to be an issue. Um, my final point on Julia Hart. Shout out to Jim Valley. Because he was at that press conference. And he's like, what do these miss do? <laughs> We've already established what they do. But now Julia has to answer for her misting. Which rules. Yes. Because we tried to establish what they do and everything. And Julia, even she had no idea. She's like, well, it's all just kind of how you react to it. Like I got misted and I, you saw how I react. And then she's like, sky's kind of transforming. Didn't really do anything to Willow. Didn't really do anything to create. Like, it's all just how you take it. It's all how you react. <laughs> Bless Jim Valley for for asking the real damn questions on this. Like you keep using this mist. Do you actually know what the hell it does? It's like, ah. Eh, not really. We just kind of use it and then pick it up where after that. <laughs> so I did not watch the press scrum. I think I told the story on 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 Joel and Kate last night that uh, we we had a hospital visit on Friday at like three in the morning. Uh, you can go back and watch the episode for that. Everything's okay and everyone's okay. I don't get time for that. No, nobody gets time for that. So. I did not get to watch the presser because by midnight I was like, hmm, we're done here. Um, did anyone ask about Flair? Did anyone ask no, about uh, no? no? I, were, I so. We we tried to for uh, the sake of transparency. We tried to get people who were at the press conference on the show today. We tried to get people who are at full gear at the press conference on the show today. Fortunately, they're all on the West Coast for the most part, and so they don't feel like waking up at uh, 8.30 to hang out with us because I did offer 11.30 a.m., which is 8.30 for them. Yeah. Uh, fair. It was a long weekend for them. Completely understand that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I was going to ask if whoever joined us, if they joined us, like, hey, did you, did you think about asking about Flair? Was that a thought? Do you think someone else is going to ask about Flair? No, no one, no one asked about Rick. I truthfully didn't expect anyone to ask about Rick because – and I'm not saying this is good or bad. I think it's more bad than good. It was a, it's no longer the hot thing, right? Like they announced him weeks ago. Everyone was very mad when it was happened. And then like everything does in news and certainly in wrestling news, they just, they move on a day later. And yeah, Rick was at the show. He got low blowed by Christian and then that was it. That, but that was the opening match. So much had happened after that. that it's like, eh, Rick was just, he was an afterthought. And he became an afterthought by the time that the show had happened from when he had signed. I think there was obviously a way to ask about Rick. I think you honestly, you ask it by just saying you signed Rick Flair. Don't know if you saw the backlash and the criticism of this. Uh, you know, what went into signing? Was it? a lot to do with the energy drink. I don't even know if I would frame, if I would like give him an out of like, yeah, it was a lot to do with the energy drink. I think it would have just been like, you know, did you see the criticism? Do you agree with it? What were your thoughts on signing? Again, there's a way to do it. You just got to be smart about it. And, but it, it, it didn't happen. So what can you do? Shocked that they didn't do a spot where all three men are down on Ric Flair's team. And then Rick pulls out his energy drink goes woo and then he just pours it down their throat and they all do a hulk hogan style baby face hulk up 
go to the finish brother but no that's not, i'm sure he pitched it uh but yeah that's that's kind of where i was because i wondered if anyone had asked about rick and i didn't see any articles or any comments about it uh shout out to trevor dame who always you know covers these pressers live on on, on twit form and does a good job with it but i didn't trevor see gets too much credit i'm mad no, at trevor. He? why what did he do trevor does a great job covering the scrums very great we should probably job. get rid of him I would like more credit for actually transcribing word for word what these people say, not just writing recaps. No, I'm kidding. Trevor, Trevor does a, a fantastic job. And like, he honestly makes my job easier because like, I'll get behind on the scrum because I am transcribing certain quotes and stuff. And then I'll see his recap and I'll be like, okay, cool. I'll just, uh, I can skip past all of this and just catch up to where I need to catch up to. So he actually helps me out a lot. So basically the takeaway from all this is send in more super chats so that Jeremy can continue to not get paid off of them, so he can he can get the uh, the, the 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 praise he so highly yeah. deserves. Uh, let's yeah. let's tackle a few of these super chats. By the way, uh, Will Chisholm starts us off saying, "Remember when they teased a sheet of heel term with the Outcast, and then they dropped it? They didn't really. Well, they dropped the whole Outcast yeah. article at this point, or article. Uh, they they dropped the whole right. Outcast story at this point." Yeah, it was kind of just it was there, and then they did it. But she came in with the the kendo stick. She teased it, but she didn't join them. So they just kind of teased it, but then yeah. decided that it was a it was a red herring. So yeah, she really sided. Cool. She sided with, uh, I guess, the originals by the end because you know Soraya did the whole thing of like, I got a big partner. It's you, Tony. It, you know, and Sheeta was like very upset and offended by this. So she sided with the originals. But the outcasts are just done. Like I know they teamed on Collision, but like they just teamed to lose because there's they are the losers now. They they do the L. They are the losers. That's right. They should just look inward with their L's. The L stands for losers on the inside. Uh, Will also chimed in and said, it feels like Tony Khan is having beef with the fans. It's not Vince McMahon level, but it's clear the vibes have changed. I mean, listen, you've been You've been told by several people that this ain't it, and it's not in certain regard. You had two weeks, this is me saying to Tony, you had two weeks of TV or a week and a half of TV where people were like, yeah, 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 this, 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 this. And then your pay-per-view didn't deliver on the main event scale that people had expected. So you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to continue building and working on what you started rebuilding recently and telling people to put their money where their mouth is isn't exactly going to do the wonders you hope it will. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if people are going to tune in for this uh, tournament. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's good. I, hope it's I good. do too. It's, it, it's just a really weird situation. And Chi Town Spurs says about the tournament, TK's already nerfed this tournament before it started. Duke can't help but get in his own way again. And this is me wondering why, what, what did Eddie speak out of turn and then they just decided to go with it? <laughs> I just and this isn't Eddie's me like so trying good. to bury Eddie, but Eddie is a very passionate person. So did Eddie maybe just blurt it out in the heat of the moment? And Tony was like, Oh, that's a good idea. Let's try that. But then it's like, did Rocky say okay? <laughs> I don't think Eddie spoke out of turn. I'm sure everybody was copacetic with it. I just don't know if uh you know, if if this is this was the way 
to go, but this is uh, the, the way they, they decided to go. So we'll, I'll let it play out. I'm looking forward to the tournament. I would like to know who all was in the tournament. Uh, oh my God. Again, the same person doing this again. Yes. Tony Khan Stop. should care about Ric Flair and, and backlash. He should. Tony he should. Sure. I'm just put it back out there. Yes, he should. He made a lot of people upset about that. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Hangman and Swerve. This was it. This was the match. This was what mattered. Um, I absolutely, I love this match, as I'm sure most people did. Um, if you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I love, I love this match. It was fantastic. In I, I tweeted this last night. I'm say it again. Um, I'm say it again. I love that. I, I love. All right. I let, let him. That's fine. That's fine. I love spots like drinking the blood and then spitting it because you got to pitch that, right? Like you got to hangman page at some point in the day or the week had to go to, to swerve and be like, yo, we're going to, I don't know if hangman uses yo, Hey partner, we're going to bleed in this match. I'm going to drink your blood and I'm going to spit it. Cool. We go with that. And Swerve's got to be like, yeah, that makes sense for this. We're good with that. Or he just grabbed Swerve's face as he's laying on the ground and squeezed him and just did that off the, off the cuff. And Swerve has to be like, okay, I'm just going to let him go with this. And then Hangman gets up and spits it. See, that's the thing. I don't care if it's one or the other. I really don't. I don't care if he pitched it. I don't care if he did it off the cuff. The fact that it happened, it's one of those insane things of like, it had to be either or. And no matter which one it is, it's still insane to me. I say it with the Nick Wayne thing, with using his father. It's like Christian has to go up to Nick Wayne and be like, hey, I'm going to talk about your dad and bury him in this way. And Nick Wayne has to be like, okay, cool. Or Christian just does it off the cuff and Nick Wayne just has to react to it. Either way, it's one of those insane things to me that I find hilarious in the world of professional wrestling. The match was great. Uh, I could have lived without the Brian Cage stuff. That was whatever. Uh, Hangman's friends are some bitches, by the way. Yeah, Hangman has no friends. But also, we have to do Cage versus Page in a cage at Winter is Coming because it's in Texas where it's famously known for its winter weather. And cage matches, honestly. Um, no, I don't like any of that. I said it I said it on Wednesday and people were – or Friday. Shit, we do this show too often. I said it on Friday. And I think some people understood where I was coming from. And other people were like, no, they got to do a trilogy. They got to do a trilogy. I said Swerve should win. I said Swerve should win because of that promo on Wednesday where I don't think he can fail after being called a failure like he was. And he did it. And he won, and I thought that was the right call, and I think there's a good story coming out of this with Hangman, with Swerve, and everything. Yeah, look, that barbed wire, something just, I don't know if everybody heard that. That was very loud. Uh, I heard it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm checking to make sure things are good. Yeah, where the chair got caught and the, the barbed wire ripped, like, that was insane. Um, Yes, it was an insane match. I, I think it this was certainly a case too, by the way, if hangman had won, 
I don't know how you would have done a, tr- a trilogy out of this. Like, hey, after all of that, now you're in this tournament for a, tr- a secondary title. Go fight each other. And this is so why winning was the right call. Yeah, and this is why the 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 putting it in a cage thing. You and I talked about this on Friday, uh, and I'll, I'll just reiterate: it only would have worked if Hangman had some friends, and it became a big schmaz, and it led to the finish. But that's not the case. The cage spot was there just to add a little bit of extra to swerve, you know, cementing beating him. It's more heel stuff. Okay. I'm willing to let it go because in the, in the, the largeness of the moments, it made sense. It was a little overplayed, a little overbooked, but it it worked. It was fine. That being, and now they're going to probably, like I said, do cage versus page uh, at winter is coming. And that's okay because every time they've matched up, They've done well, and I think they're this. It would this would be the rubber match, wouldn't it? This would be the third time for Cage and Page. Uh no, I think the rubber match was earlier this year as part of the this fourth feud. time. Great, yeah. wonderful. So we do it four times. Why not put it in a cage? Uh, but with that in mind, the idea with Cage was, or, yeah, with Brian Cage was just heaping on a little extra heat that maybe you didn't need, but it was there anyway because you've got mogul affiliates and Hangman has no friends, none at all. Do you have any friends? Probably not. I get it. I'll be your friend. You can pay me to be your friend. No, no. Mm. I, I don't pay you to do this show, so I don't want to pay you to be my friend. Tell me about it. We even got a Chi-Town Spurs super chat saying, Hangman and Swerve is the reason why no matter what else is going on, AEW is incredibly important to wrestling. You never see WWE do that. That's true. You know, I, I give it to AEW for, again, presenting a different alternative type of programming on a mainstream platform uh the only other company that does this and you know my bias is showing is impact is tna when they would present a monsters ball match but even they don't get that intense over the story to lead to that much violence in the match this was well done this was well presented you and i had our expectations set for how it could be delivered and uh i would say that that it delivered possibly and then some yeah it it was it was everything you would hope it would be after the the story they had been telling with, you know, Hangman, uh, his promo, the the final promo before Full Gear, Swerve, the breaking it into the house. Even Swerve's promo before Wrestle Dream um, was a big thing as well. So it was everything that you would that you wanted out of this. And it was again, what a lot. I think Th- this is what AEW fans want, right? They want an alternative stuff. And this is why I think the Hangman and Swerve match, besides the fact that it was great, this is why it goes over the way that it does, is because you would see this on WWE TV. And that's why the MJF match goes over the way it does, because you would see it on WWE TV. People love, like, they want an actual alternative. That's what AEW was founded on, being an actual alternative. This was an actual alternative match. Yeah, I saw the Swerve promo after the pay-per-view. That ruled. Um, where he's like, you're in, you're in Swerve's dungeon now, like I'm the executioner. Yeah, that was a great promo. Great, great promo. Um, Swerve's the, Swerve's the guy right now. I don't know where they go with him is the thing, but they got their options. I don't, I don't need him caught in the MT, MJF universe at the moment because this MJF universe is not where Swerve should be. Past MJF universe, yeah, but then they're both heels, so. Uh, you, you have to babyface one of them. Um, I'm not sure how that works. Uh, Swerve I, beating Mimosa Joe for the title. 
Maybe, maybe. I think I think Swerve and Orange Cassidy has some legs to it. I know they did that match earlier this year, and that's when I kind of thought Orange might lose because Swerve seemed to be ready to ascend at that point. Now he's really ready to ascend. So I think Swerve and Orange Cassidy has some legs to it. Swerve and Swerve being in this tournament makes some sense. But again, with the way they're positioning this tournament, not being for a title shot, being for more of a secondary thing, I'm a little, I'm a little off on that. And then I don't know if I really want Swerve just losing certain matches to certain people just for the sake of of the tournament. Like I think you gotta, you gotta make make Swerve, not have him lose just sort of tournament matches here. Um, Swerve and Mox. I know Mox is coming off the loss, but Mox is Mox, and Mox is can go either way, babyface or heel. You got options with Swerve. I'm going to say this about Hangman Page, though. That's your babyface. Like, he's been your babyface, by the way. The best, for the for the most part, at least the most heralded AEW story was the Hangman Page story and winning the title from Kenny Omega. That's the thing that, like, ah, oh, this is why we love AEW and Hangman's always been that guy that people again. I think AEW fans really like the realness of things. They don't like so much the the over the top sports entertainment stuff. Hangman Page is very real. There's no real gimmick there. He's a relatable, anxious millennial. Like they they like Hangman Page and his story. And this is a guy that, that the crowd, no matter what you do to him, no matter what you feed him, good or bad, finds a way to connect with the audience and finds a way to get the audience behind him. Now you got Hangman losing this match to Swerve. How do you pick it back up with him? He's down on his luck. His dipshit friends can't figure out if they like each other or hate each other, if they want to be in wrestling, they don't want to be in wrestling. Omega's friends with Jericho, they got their title match now. The Young Bucks are quitting wrestling. Hangman's a, a man on an island here. I'm not saying you got to redo this whole friendship storyline that you did with Dark Order and stuff because I think that time has passed. I do think you've got to find a way to just keep Hangman involved and keep this story moving with him as your top babyface because the crowd always gets behind him. Always, no matter what, they get behind him. And you need a heel to obviously play off of him. Swerve was that guy. Now you got to find someone else who can like really play off of Hangman to boost Hangman back up. Sean Rossap is here. Hello, Sean. RCS. Hello, Sean. My favorite things about him is that he reports accurate news that I can then piggyback off of and get some subscriptions from. My favorite thing is his haircut today. Oh, yeah, he my, showed it my- off. My favorite thing is that he, for the most part, does DM me the scoop so I can pre-write the story. But I wish he would just allow me to report the story or give it to Sean. The other day he reported Osprey. Accurate, per usual, from Andrew Zarian. And I had people that were mad that I didn't write up an entirely new article on Fightful for something that I wasn't first reporting. Because I got asked in the Q&A, is this what you've heard? And I said, yes, his story is accurate. That is what I've heard. I had no additional information to provide at that point. And people were upset. Well, okay, idiots were upset <laughs> that I didn't paywall another article 
that had just the exact same information. Look at that. Look at that. That's Sean, I, I, I have a, a question for you. When Andrew Zarian did this report and you said that, yes, I've heard that Will Ospreay has reportedly signed with AEW, do you think you undercut Andrew Zarian's story and made it look less credible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is I, an inside joke between literally just probably me and Sean. Yes. Um <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I said reportedly instead of anything else, but I had yeah. AEW talent that were like, is it Ziggler? And I was like, you once got fired. You know how 90 day non-competes work. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> how are you this morning, Sean? What are you eating? Hawaiian ham. Oh, what makes it Hawaiian? Um, pineapple seasoning a lot of the things that go on it mm, that would do it okay see i don't really eat ham much let alone hawaiian ham it's good i liked it i like it overcooked this is not overcooked um the wife was making some for her kitties because you know some of them uh, might not have thanksgiving this week so she made a big ham for the kids and they don't want it completely toasted like i do <laughs> so i just got the uh the the extras but Jeremy, are you still coming to my match? Yeah, that's the plan. I'll be there. I'll see you shit, two straight weekends. I'll see you this weekend at WrestleCade. Oh gosh, you're right. And I'll see you next weekend as Holy well. Holy cow. Well, <laughs> that's the <answer> right there. <laughs> I don't know if you already have a hotel room Saturday and Sunday or if you're staying either one of those nights, but I booked my WrestleCade hotel for three nights and I'm staying one. <laughs> my 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 mom is coming uh she's gonna be there on sunday and then what I'm a gonna, legend yes i'm gonna spend some time with her uh on monday and tuesday so i'm not working monday and tuesday breaking news that i'm just now telling you hmm. well <laughs> that is usually how it works yeah yeah i'm why sure. are you out there writing mike kyoda articles yes i know why has that sat there for six days jeremy yeah. has failed us I, I'm doing nothing else with my time. Nothing. That I, I need to prioritize this Mike Kyoto interview. I got an interview with Zoe Stark dropping tomorrow. That's a, good too. That's very good interview. Yeah. Very Thanks. good interview in which uh, they talk about our scoops. You're so, welcome. That is true. I, I first scoops. told Zoe was actually one of the first people to know I was going to wrestle Shaza. Um, really? <laughs> that's true. I yeah. can I can confirm that. I saw. Yes, that's true. So I've got a video that will drop probably next week after WrestleCade. I had started on camera asking wrestlers for advice to beat Shazza. Yeah, I remember this. Unfortunately, the audio went out on a couple of them, including hers. Shayna's was great because Shayna was basically like, I gave her seven staples and she still beat me. <laughs> What's your advice? And she goes, aim for 10. <laughs> but... By the time I think SummerSlam or Money in the Bank rolled around, I'm interviewing Zoe again. And you know, you wonder if any of these people even remember you. And she's like, oh, how'd the match go? And I was like, I haven't even been cleared for it yet. <laughs> I'm not allowed to bump yet. But uh, she's wonderful. So I was I was hoping to be able to talk to her. But yeah, you know what? She loves doing media. So I'll probably will she again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Even on Friday, you were able to do it potentially and you still – offered it up to, to allow me to do it. And I, I appreciate that. So that was a good conversation. I've, I've never spoken to Zoe, but I've seen and 
covered plenty of her interviews and she's always very personable and, and very fun. So it was, and uh, honest too. She does. So here's what I really like. She knows she's there to promote the upcoming show as basically a performer, as an actor. She doesn't pretend that she doesn't like Rhea Ripley or anything like yeah. that. Like, listen, we're all adults here. You don't have to do it in character unless we talk about it beforehand, which is something that happened last week with Swerve. It's like, obvious, and I think considering what happened Saturday, I understand why he didn't want <laughs> to step out of character for that particular situation. Yeah, Swerve is doing an interview with Swerve. It's like, hey, tell us about the Soma Vision. Well, you know, Hangman approved all that. It was all good. Like, yeah. that was fake art that we ripped up and everything. It's like, wow, yeah. really? Kill this and now go out there and let's watch this man drink your own blood. Drink blood, thing. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of stuff on Fightful Select this week. For those of you interested, just a ton of news. I've got a lot of stuff scheduled because we'll be traveling. But I uh, have a CM Punk FAQ. I mean, I listen, the, on Saturday, if CM Punk shows up, it's it's going to be stupid anyway. It's going to be stupid. If he doesn't, it's also going to be stupid. I'll make this clear again here. I have never reported he is or isn't showing up. I, I in fact, think there's a fantastic possibility that he ends up back in WWE. I don't know why, because WWE could have had him at any point that they wanted him prior, uh, and they didn't, and now the track record ain't so great. But you know what? I think there's a possibility. I think some... I think some fences are being attempted to be mended as we speak. I don't know if that's like in time for Survivor Series type of thing, but you know what? I think some correct steps are being made, but I think a lot of correct step steps need to be made in that situation as well because, yeah, we'll, we'll just talk about it later. Um, I don't know if you saw this yet, but Hangman did post this on his Instagram. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Yeah. Man. Oh. You are with me forever. That's how you get banned from Instagram. Oh, <laughs> someone will make a call and get him back online. Destiny it's- FOMO wears a bikini, and now she can't be pulled up in the search bar on Twitter anymore. Hangman's drinking blood. I do want to know if you can figure this out, Sean. Like, was that a, a pitched thing, or did Hangman just decide, like, hey, let me do this? Because I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday. I love that, like, he either has to go to Swerve and be like, hey, I'm going to drink your blood. Cool. Or he just does it in the moment, and Swerve just has to, like, chill while this man is trying to squeeze blood. Yeah, out of his head. I'll, I'll see what I can find out. Whew. Okay. You know what made me happy? Um, it was... Uh, it was told to me by a sports agent who reps some people in wrestling. They were like, your boy, Will Washington should be taking a victory lap right now. And that made me very happy to hear because you know what? You don't hear a lot of people get credit for stuff like that. I mean, you do in WWE because we get the producer lists and we post them and stuff like that. But from a creative aspect, and I know hangman and swerve did throw a lot of that stuff in there, but, um, it, it came out about a month or two ago that Will was a, a big driving force in that. And goddamn, man, it makes me proud. And, and I'm not in a position to say, oh, I'm proud of Will Washington. I'm, I'm happy for the dude. I am so happy for the dude because he is committed. He had committed so much of his life to wrestling, completely separate of his day job, his family and everything. And it became a dream job. And I, I just think, I think that's outstanding. And 
now we get a match that we're never ever gonna forget even if we wanted to <laughs> we couldn't forget it so not uh, very happy about that but give will Jeremy, washington I... the big pencil what is it give will washington the big pencil uh, from blue chew no he should, they, he should they be don't book in the whole show yeah. book in the whole show what when do you get to uh wins in salem jeremy uh friday i get i'll get there friday probably friday Fly afternoon charlotte and then i'm driving up there you go i don't even know if i like have anything for wrestlecade i just assume i get there and then stuff is taken care of so i hope that's still should, I, should i tell the police story from last year i wasn't there last year because i had covid so i don't but, i don't know if i know this story oh boy so I understand in doing this, I run the risk of it happening again. But I told this story to Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and I think Nyla on camera. And it was, I think I edited it out at the time because I was like, okay, I don't want people to do this. I live about an hour and a half from my family. And on Thanksgiving, we're visiting them. We get a ring doorbell notification because our, our house is camered up because of crazies. And there are cops at the door. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Did something happen? Because somebody got shot just outside our neighborhood, like a couple, like it was a domestic thing, very tragic. I was like, maybe they're just asking around about that. But I called dispatch anyway. And I was like, hey, somebody was at my door. Can you have them call me? They called me (laughs) and they said, are you planning a trip to Winston-Salem, North Carolina this weekend? And I said, yeah. He said, well, we got a tip from police in the area that you made threats that you were going to bring the violence to <laughs> WrestleCade. <laughs> to WrestleCade. Keep in mind, like, listen, have I done a little training in my day? Yes. This is a convention full of 250-pound men that beat people up all day. So... I messaged the organizer, Tracy, and he's like, yeah, I, we, we got that. It was so stupid. He's like, I kind of scoffed and laughed at it, told him to do their thing. And then I, you know, I explained this to the police officers. I was like, listen, this is going to sound really, really stupid. Cause they said that I had a history <laughs> of threatening people at conventions. I was like, yes, there is a video of me, of me in somebody's face at a convention. I was like, this, that is true. And I was like, listen, this is going to sound really pretentious, but people know me in wrestling and people are very, very weird about it. Oh boy. It didn't even end there. So of course they're like, that's dumb. And that was like probably the second or third, like weird call they had gotten on me. So at this point they just, they they could ignore it. Uh, in fact, my lawyer once told me, well, at this point, you could probably punch somebody's grandma. And people have said so many crazy things about you that it's not going to it's not going to hit. But then I go to Charlotte or I fly and I go to uh, Winston-Salem and I am introduced to the police officer of of who took that complaint. <laughs> and he is like, listen, I got to show you this. And the list of stuff they got sent, somebody had found a video, which keep in mind, most of my training videos are not online. There's one wrestling match online. One. There there was a video that they got sent of me in a practice round accidentally knocking out a training partner from 2010. (laughs) 
2010. I can't throw a head kick like that anymore. <laughs> and that was put in there as, oh, he's, he's dangerous. I promise I'm not. <laughs> but it said, like, he's trained. He's violent. And it's like very clearly somebody did this to be a dick and pop themselves. But the list of shit was so long. Like, they posted every training and wrestling video they could find. And Tracy thought, he's like, oh, brother, one of those. But, uh, yeah, the cop <laughs> the cop would, like, jokingly put his hand on his hip every time we were <laughs> each other throughout the weekend. <laughs> he's like, I got that thing on me. I was like, okay, <laughs> bud. Okay. But, yeah, that happened last year. Um, oh, so this year should be even more fun. Fantastic. Especially now that I've told this story publicly. Yeah, it's right? over now. It's over. Uh, but yeah, I didn't do that in order to um but I mean like we've uh, fortunately well, it's not fortunately because people are crazy, but I've developed a pretty good rapport with at least the local police who know what kind of weird people <laughs> they're going to be getting calls from, so I'm going to be around you the whole time and I don't know if I'm going to be you're ready to bring the violence, buddy. Because of that, yeah. Or if they're going to be like, why is this, uh, is this person being held captive against his will? Uh, I, it might be question. You might have questions regarding that or I might have questions. Okay. I'm going to tell the best WrestleCade story ever again on the air because there are three people that maybe didn't hear it. Two years ago, I am in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And when anybody knows who I am, I am shocked. And my wife is there. Jeremy's there. Okay, I, was, I know what this is now. Yes. And Ricky Morton is yes. marching towards us, staring <laughs> at me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was even telling Kara, or trying to not say my wife's name on camera. I was like, listen, this is Jesus in North Carolina. Any woman he wants here is his. <laughs> That's the reality of the situation. And I'm like, okay, he's just doing a rib or walking past me. And he walks up to me and he goes, brother, I'm begging you to message me back on Twitter. And I was like, huh? Huh? What is this? And I look and he had messaged me. And it was only about getting tryouts and getting Carrie booked, which leads me to believe Carrie probably runs his Twitter and told him. <laughs> but he was super nice. And then I, <laughs> I go, Ricky, this is Jeremy Lambert. He is our lead writer. And he looked at Jeremy, shook his hand, and goes, Brother, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I'm going to punch Ricky Board in the face. That was year. amazing. I love WrestleCade. I'm looking forward to it. I missed last year because the, the COVID took me out. Uh, very sad that I will not be able to either – force you to ask Brian Danielson about tree sperm or do a run in and ask Brian Danielson. Danielson ain't going to be there. I know. I know. I'm very uh, la And I mean, last year I got COVID at Russell Caden and I almost died three days later. Uh, uh, if my wife was not here with me, I, I would have died. You guys did it wrong. I, You're supposed to get I, COVID from your family members, not from other yeah. That's how it's supposed to I don't to know be. how I got it. I assume it was family or from kids' schools or whatever. I, I assume your wife is coming again this year, Sean? No. Oh, no. It's an overnight, and she's picking me up in northern Kentucky Saturday night because I was very excited to go to the Bengals-Steelers game on Sunday. Well, now. See, what's the point now? Like, why, why do you want to? 
You honestly, Sean, you might be able to play quarterback for either one of those teams because they neither are very good. I will. Only if he brings the violence. It's all I hey, do, Sean. It's before all... you before you jump off, your thoughts on Snoop Dogg's new uh, new announcement? That he's not going to smoke anymore. Yeah, no, that he's actually oh. doing a brand of smoker yeah. so smokeless stoves. That's what it was. I, oh, I knew it was something promotional. I was talking to. Yeah. Actually, the same sports agent that, that brought up the Will thing, and I, I was like, this has got to be a marketing thing. Yeah, but I, it wasn't edibles. It wasn't anything pot-related. It was literally a, a, a camper stove that is not, I guess, propane or butane or something like that. The solo smoker. Solo smokeless whatever. Okay, so that's funny. It's hilarious, but also got people in their fields this morning. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. That is amazing. You let it marinate for two days. Well, that, that's a whole other joke. Uh, but that is brilliant. I hadn't seen that at all. Yeah, he's selling propane and propane accessories. Okay. 30,000 retweets, yeah. 9.2 million views it's wild. in one hour. Yeah. One or actually two hours as I looked. Man, is brilliant. Insane. That is brilliant A-plus marketing. I love it. Snoop uh, had the match of the year as a Hall of Famer, and so, no one can convince me that Snoop and Miz isn't the match of the year. I wanted to jokingly do a people's elbow like he did it in the Shazza match, but I know people <laughs> would clip it out of context and pretend like that's how I actually hit the rope, so I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah, probably smart. Probably, But smart. I mean, man, Swerve and Hangman took all my ideas. I got to come up with new <laughs> stuff. That you can, they didn't use tax, did they? They use glass instead of tax. Good idea. I'm going to use thumbtacks. Yeah, just for you, Jeremy. Fire. Gonna... You got to use fire. Well, no, I'm. Listen, you you convinced me. I'm going to use thumbtacks 100. percent When I'm back here the next week, I will be talking about the thumbtacks. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the bag up over my head like this, and I'm gonna slowly pour them out like everybody does. I am very excited. Thumbtacks are coming to my match at Black Label. People, Use Lego people making, like a real man. People, people are making Hank Hill. Lego, I stepped on one of those this past week. Oh, my God. That soft. Stepped on a Hank uh, Hill? No, well, people are making so Hank well, Hill references in the chat. Pocket sand, Sean. Just do the pocket sand on Shaza. <laughs> I would love to do that. No, <laughs> I would love to do a match where it's just all the worst spots. Well, I can do that with you. Like, yeah, I, you and I, I already tried that. We filmed yeah. it. <laughs> Grace. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Oh, Bye, Sean. See you this weekend. Wild. Yeah, Legos suck. They were just <laughs> chilling, chilling out in the kitchen from, from the kids. I stepped on. I was like, ah. Okay. I didn't curse because the, the children are around, but I was like, oh my gosh, that was one. That's just one of those little bitches. Like, I can't imagine falling onto like a bunch of them. Fiddle D. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what were we, we were talking about Paige and everything. I think we can yeah. kind of move on from that at this point, unless you have anything else you want to add. About that was great. I, I look forward to seeing what's next for, for Hangman and Swerve because that's a match where, yeah, Hangman lost, but doesn't lose anything in losing. And now, all right, what's what's next for these guys? Where are you going to go 
with these guys after a brutal story like that. I think you got to find a w- way to elevate Swerve. You've got to find a way to put Hangman in the, the best, biggest babyface position possible. I think that's that's where you should go off of this. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. But uh, on the WWE side, because we got a few minutes, we'll we'll preview Rob. The first uh, Becky Lynch joins War Games is first reported. Well, we we did report it on Fightful Select. It was reported elsewhere as well before we we picked it up. But uh, worth worth noting that. Uh, what do you think of Becky taking the call? Personally, I will tell you one thing that I enjoyed was that Becky posted a TikTok of her like physically taking the call and it was back to that 2018 becky i appreciated that tying up a loose end she showed up she's going to be part of the war games match what do you think of this whole thing i that it was i guess expected that it was going to be becky i like how they got there because we kind of talked about oh how do you get there with becky and charlotte because of the history and everything and they did it they did a nice job of that of like oh they've taken out mia yim they've taken out zelina vega who's left got to make the call charlotte's like you know this isn't a She's not a friend, but um, you know, I, I, there's no one I would want to go to war with. And so here's Becky. Like I, I liked how they they tied that all together. Becky makes sense for that portion of the story. The damage control she can always make sense with. Um, like it's 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 fine. She's always she, the Bailey, Bailey portion specifically, but Becky's got history with all these people, right? Like Be- Becky and Oscar have a long running feud. Becky and EO and Kyrie back when they were um, not, maybe not so much EO, but Kyrie. Yes. Uh, so yeah, there's history with uh, a lot of them to where it all kind of ties in and yeah, I liked it. And war games should be fun. Glad the women are getting their war games match. It came together a little late, but it got there and it, it made sense the way it came together as well. Yeah. It, again, it was, it was finding Becky. And again, something I liked on SmackDown was that they, they spent the time telling the story that damage control is taking out the options. Not that there were that many for uh, partners for Charlotte and, uh, and her team with, with Bianca and Shotzi and who am I forgetting? Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte. No, it said Charlotte, Bianca, That's it. Shotzi. Yeah. Okay. And they added Becky, right? Cause they're four, four on yeah. four. Uh, yeah. Straight. Uh, listen, hashtag bow, down. hashtag bow down. So it's going to be, by the way, by the way, Ev- what everyone getting their entrances. What are we talking about? Not that. Uh, what this moonsault oh when charlotte the goes up to the top rope i was so excited this is my favorite move in wrestling it i was so excited when she goes up there because i'm like oh she's gonna miss everyone but they're all gonna fall over it's gonna be great the domino that Char- charlotte's arm is so so strong after the moonsault where she just knocks everybody over with it it rules so so much we can i stop, love this move we can stop calling it a, a, a moonsault we can call it like a, a i don't know backwards flip a, a summer no not a somersault a a backflip judas effect because that's effectively oh, what we're doing it's <laughs> so good it's so so good I, I and then her and Kyrie just had to like stare at each other of like oh what's going on here oh man that ruled that ruled the, the her taking everybody out with this moonsault. I was the moment she climbed the top rope, Joel. You should have seen my reaction. It was like watching Swerve and Hangman. Uh, how excited I was for this! You were just jumping up and down. Here it comes! Oh, I was so I I had I, I was covering collision. I was covering both shows on Friday night, mind you. 
Um, and also Friday night, shout out to the, the OKC Thunder, big comeback, Chet Holmgren, the GOAT. Uh, the Avs had a big comeback on, actually, I think that was Saturday. Yeah, that was Saturday night team. Sorry, whatever. Still all good stuff. Uh, so, but I had the TV on Charlotte. I was like, let's go. My wife's sitting here. I was like, she's going to move. So I'll take everybody out. So, so excited. So excited. Uh, I don't I, I don't hate this idea in the chat. They're saying me and Zelina can team up against Oscar and Kyrie now. They they got taken out. They should have a problem with damage they control should. moving forward. Yeah. So you do add a couple more stories by having them getting taken out and not being in the match. Uh, we're going to flip back to AEW for a sec because we do have a couple super chats that came before Sean so rudely jumped on and commandeered the stream to talk about himself. As always. Yeah, as always. It's all right. We like him. He's okay. Will Chisholm first said, uh, that's Tony's version of triple cutting my best friend's promo. <laughs> that's true. Going back to the, okay. if you don't like it, don't watch. You know, I, I get it. I, I, I get that. Like, Triple H did that on Raw. Yeah. Like, Tony Khan just did this on the, at the media scrum. But the media scrum, I thought about this because I, I saw this, uh, I, I saw this mentioned um, elsewhere as well on, on social media and stuff. I thought about this of like, no, oh, well, Triple H did it on Raw, so it's not quite the same. But, like, I think the most hard – obviously, like, the most hardcore of hardcore fans are tuning in to the media scrum and also are very online uh, that would see this. And probably those fans are the ones excited for this tournament. And, like, yeah, so, like, it, it's not quite apples to, to oranges type of thing or apples to apples. But, like, I see, I see where the comparison can be made because, like, the people that he is kind of calling out with this – are the ones that are probably the ones like searching for this and wanting this. So I get it. And then we got another one. This is a very generous one from Y Solable saying after Swerve and Hangman and the Osprey signing, which we got to talk about real quick, uh, even though we've touched on it, we haven't really gotten into it. Uh, he says, I'm excited for AEW's future, but scared because of those TK bookings 2024 with MJF, Swerve, Osprey, Cole, Hangman, Jay and so many others, the plate spinning is going to be tough. This is a very good point. And this is something that Jeremy, you and I go back and forth about a lot on this show and on other shows. It does come down to the booking. It does come down to how you play up your, your talent right now. If you look at this list, Osprey coming in is a big deal. So there's, there's some good, uh, some good heat or, you know, some fire behind that. Of course, you got four months before you're at least three, you got three exactly. months before like you're really with Osprey though. Yeah. So you take him out of this, but you look at, MJF is still in good shape. He's still your champion, however you feel about the the rain itself or whatever happened this past week. Uh, Swerve, we just talked about how fantastic that's been going for him. Adam Cole's out with injury, but bringing him back kind of continues to put you in the back of, of everyone's mind that he exists and that he does play an integral role in the MJF storyline. Hangman, again, got a big resurgence out of this story with, with Swerve. Even in defeat, he still had a hell of a showing in that match continues to be that perennial baby face in AEW. Uh, Jay White, again, they're going to take some steps to have to rebuild him after that match, but he ain't buried. He ain't going anywhere. He looks good. You give him a bunch of dominant promos and dominant victories, and Jay White is going to look good again. Honestly, if he comes out on Wednesday, cuts a heel promo, someone comes out who's even more heel than him and says, you got beat by a one-legged man, and he beats that ass, you can start the the you know the renewal right there. Little things like that work, but there's a lot on the plate that that looks promising. It's just about how you book them and make them important. I mean, that doesn't even touch on John Moxley, Orange Cassidy, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega. Like, th- th- there's not a talent issue with AEW. There's never a talent issue with AEW. People, this is going to open. I'm sorry. Do you have, do you have time, Joel? I don't want to hold you past. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I got to throw something in the uh, in the slow cooker later, but otherwise we're good. Okay. People are going to like, you know, people get mad. I, I tweeted this on Saturday and it was part trolling part, not, but like, uh, I said that AEW needs to like create a perception with their pay-per-views if they're going to do one a month of like, hey, this is your big show right here. This is the show that you can't miss type of thing. And people were mad of like, you should not downplay any other show type of thing. It's not downplaying anything. And this isn't, again, like people are like, oh, well now like nobody's going to buy these other pay-per-views type of thing. So like your bottom line gets affected financially. This is a bad move. I'm going to use very simple numbers. Uh, I'm again, I know it doesn't work like this, but for the sake of formulating my, my argument here, Let's say every AEW pay-per-view does a hundred buys, right? That's a hundred. Show A does a hundred. Show B does a hundred. Okay, that's two hundred total, right? My math, my math, maths there. Let's say you try to make show A can't miss. Now it does one fifty. Then people are a little less excited about show B. It does fifty. In the end, you're still getting two hundred out of these two shows right? Like it's still the math evens out on this. And it's not about downplaying anything. It is about making others feel important. You got to sometimes just do that and establish that hierarchy. And people like got weird about that. I know it's because it's Twitter and everything. People acted like this was some like new concept that like, no, you can't do that. You're going to downplay all this stuff. You realize you they do this in every single fucking sport in the world, right? I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Yes. Yeah. Somebody was like, oh, well, now you're going to like put business is going to go down the toilet. Like, yeah, payback is really hurting because it's on a lesser level than WrestleMania. Again, WrestleMania, th- this is my argument of like WrestleMania does 80,000 people for a show and payback still does it's 10,000, 20,000. Or whatever you're getting to a hundred thousand, you're just getting there in a different way instead of 50 50. And by the way, payback ain't doing 50 50 regardless, but like they do this well, in literally. No, I was gonna say, well, backlash will, but that's next year when they pay that site fee. And then, hey, look, hey, and that's the thing though, WWE has now created the B tier shows where it's like, hey, look, these are good shows. What if we take them elsewhere and now we create that they kind of have an eight? Every single sport does this, and it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be hit over the head of like, this is the show you got to see. This is the show you got to see. You do it. AEW does this, by the way. They do this. They have told you all in is their biggest show. And they've told you this because they're holding it in Wembley Stadium and drawing 80,000 people. That's what makes it, that's what separates it from all of these other shows. The problem is, is when you got Tony Khan doing local media hits and saying Dynamite in Kentucky this week is just as big as All In, which is going to be held in Wembley with 80,000 people. No, it's not. You can say Dynamite is a good show and everything. We got a tremendous lineup. You ain't got to put it on that level. You don't. Yeah, like it, it's it's all just marketing stuff. Every sport does this. The NBA literally created an in-season tournament that doesn't mean shit to a casual fan, it does not mean a damn thing. The records count for the regular season. The players and coaches get more money. Maybe they print t-shirts. I don't know. But to, for a casual fan, that game 
game thumbs up leave a thumbs up on the video viral marketing everybody um game eight game eight between the warriors and the thunder counts just the same as game 50 between the thunder and the kings counts all the same the thing is they've told you this is an in-season tournament game it means more and fans are like shit okay let me watch this this apparently means more Every sport does it. The playoffs mean more than the regular season. The regular season means more than the preseason. The championship game means more than all this stuff. It's literally marketing. And people are mad of like, make them all feel important. Make them all feel like they can't miss. The talent can do that. The the talent does that by showing up and delivering a good show, which is often the case in AEW, mind you. So it's it's not like, oh, this feels less than, I don't have to watch it. No, the talent's going to tell you this is going to be a big show. All you're doing is marketing the show. So when you're talking to your friends and stuff, it's like, AEW's got a show. And there's just a word of mouth buzz. Look at, again, WrestleMania. I realize WrestleMania has got 40 years of history and everything. Look at the road. Look at Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank was on WrestleMania, and then they just decided, hey, fuck, this is going to be a big show. Survivor Series, for the longest time, was a big show, and then it became, like, less than, and then the past couple of years, like, we're going to add war games to this shit. Now it's like, oh, shit, Survivor Series is a big show. Again, it is, like, it's all marketing. I don't know why people are so against making certain AEW shows feel bigger than others. By the way, they do this with Dynamite. They tell you winter is coming and Grand Slam and Homecoming. They tell you these are bigger Dynamite shows than your random Wednesday show because they just attach a fucking title to it. It's all the same, but they make it seem bigger by being like, this is our Homecoming. This is winter is coming. And yeah, that creates expectations, but that's good. That means they'll liver on those expectations. And if you keep doing that, you'll keep winning their fans over and, and you'll just keep going up. Hopefully that's the hope. WrestleMania, Joel, how many casual people are just like shit? WrestleMania is coming. Like yeah, people who just don't know. Any, they don't know anything about wrestling. They don't follow wrestling. Like, Oh wait, WrestleMania is coming. And then how excited are people for WrestleMania? Even if the car doesn't look all that good, even if it's like, Oh, this car is like kind of whatever. It's like, you know what though? It's WrestleMania. I'm excited for WrestleMania. That's all it is. It's become a cultural happening too, right? And again, this is what going back to the 40 years of of history that helps because if you're, even if the show looks like shit on paper, you're still going to have something for everyone. You're still going to have your favorite wrestlers. You're still going to have performers, presentations. Like it's a spectacle. You're in a giant room where everyone is just excited about wrestling. And that's, you know, that's okay. Now, one thing that I find interesting about this the, the marketing is it's it's sports marketing versus like entertainment marketing. What happens every time a musician, an artist releases an album? This is the best record I've ever done. This is amazing. I'm so excited for y'all to hear it. I'm very excited for y'all to experience it, blah, 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 blah. And therefore, every other record that they've made is considered, well, a little bit different than the last one in terms of importance. Whereas in sports, you're all building to the culmination of the year, which in wrestling, it's WrestleMania and WWE in AEW, it's not there yet. It sh- it could be all out. It could be double or nothing. It could be one of those seminal pay-per-views that have built 
AEW as a brand, but that's not what they're doing yet. And I don't, I feel like part of the reason for that is because they didn't want to put themselves, they want to pigeonhole themselves in terms of storytelling where they felt like, oh, we have to build to this major event because this is our WrestleMania without calling it their WrestleMania. This is their big event. Now they have to figure out how not to do what you and I are talking about, which is every show is the best show we've ever done. Well, if every show is the best show you've ever done, then every other show is not good or every show before it doesn't matter as much or whatever it is. Like it's a, it's a very frustrating task. It's and it's on Tony and the booking team and partially the wrestlers to also live up. So battle of the belts is a point is someone people have used of like battle of the belts. We were hoping it was supposed to be big and then it just became an afterthought. That's because it was booked like an afterthought. And that is the point. You establish moments. You establish things on certain shows. And here's here's the argument I'll kind of make for for some of this. Like, yeah, they're doing all of these shows. They're moving basically towards one pay per view a month at this point. Uh, Full Gear this year didn't have this big. It had a very good wrestling match. It had a very good death match. It had good wrestling and stuff. It didn't feel like this big thing. But there was no big moment of like big day Osprey signing. Yes, big. You hyped it up. There wasn't this like thing that like like all out 2021, right? CM Punk first match back, Cole Danielson back to back type of thing. Even Ruby's debut that felt like a big thing. By the way, I think all out would have been one of their big shows until this past year where they undercut it by having all in because all out then became almost like an afterthought. I think your big shows should your big shows are get established on their own with big moments. That's just sort of how it happens. Like that's just how it happens and matches. I think that's why forbidden door is almost like a big show because it's like, Oh, we know it's going to be all AW new Japan dream matches, but you also kind of undercut that. If you just do new Japan, AW matches on random dynamites and other pay-per-views as well, there's gotta be a vision here. And that's where I don't know if the, I think they have smart people behind the scenes who recognize this, who can lay it all out. It's a matter of actually laying it all out and being like, yeah, we can't do this. This just goes back to basic matches of like a Canadian destroyer. You do 10 of them in match one. They don't mean shit by the end of the match. How many times do we hear that? Right? Like they don't mean anything by the main event. If they're all done in the first match, it doesn't. It's got to be the same thing with just like laying this stuff out is like, hey, sometimes it's just going to happen stance of like, oh, well, the free agent comes on this day. Like it just works type of thing. But you got to lay out moments for shows and like this is a sh- make the show can't miss. And the other shows suffer maybe in the fact that like there's no great standout quote unquote moment, but you're still going to get just great wrestling and things like that. And that's OK. That is oh okay it's okay if like this past weekend full gear was just a great wrestling show there were some misses but for the most part it's okay if it's just a great wrestling show and you don't have a moment and you start creating moments for other pay-per-views it's it's okay but i think you gotta establish this stuff all in is an easy one that's your biggest show that's wembley i think all out was trending that way but again kind of undercut by all in and now if you're trying to tell people back-to-back weeks both of these are can't miss shows. That's when the message can get lost. I think 
Double or Nothing should be one of those because that was technically the first AEW pay-per-view. That's where you should create moments. And they did that the first one, John Moxley debut. Um, that was the first uh, Stadium Stampede as well. Obviously, pandemic, you can't really help that. But still, you created Stadium Stampede for that show. You just you got to figure out a way to, to do it. But I don't know why people are acting like this is some revolutionary thing that's going to kill the business instead of because everything's not equal. Fucking not everything should be equal. Again, it's just the way people have come to understand how they think wrestling should be presented. And it's not always right. Sorry, we're not always right. I mean, we are, but I'm right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, in this case, I think you're absolutely right. And human rights are equal. Is that, can I, is that fair? Can I yeah, human no, rights it, it could be that way. Anyway, the, I, we talked about it here, and I would continue to talk about it. You should set a precedent for what events are most important and what kind of what kind of events you should really be putting your emphasis on. All of your shows should be great shows. All of your shows yeah. should be as good as they possibly can be. But you don't need to go in every every room and every media appearance and say, this is the best show ever and hype it like that. You can say we're on a run of great shows. We're having a great, you know, you can point to the positive things that are going on in your programming. You just don't need to go and be like the best, the best, the best, the best, because that doesn't really work that way. That's our tagline for the show, Joel. Human rights are equal. Sports and entertainment are not. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. LeBron James is better than the 12th guy coming off the bench on the fucking Detroit Pistons. That's life. That's sports. Yep. It happens. Yep. Same thing with same thing with the amount of money someone gets, same with the amount of leeway someone gets when dealing with, you know, real glass or not. It's just everything is different. Uh, and it comes down to leverage and it comes down to importance. And it's just, yeah. I, I don't have anything to add on that. If you're Sorry ready for ranting and derailing the show a little bit. It, it's honestly my own fault because I tweeted it and... Then, of course, I I didn't do what I usually do. I was just like, haha, I'm just trolling type of thing. And I don't care about the replies. Like, I let the replies get to me a little too much. I almost messaged Ricky Shane Page. I was like, I tweeted. I fucked up. I I shouldn't have done that. And then be like, should have just let it stay. But Well, no, it's we, we retcon the RSP here now. I know. He, great interview, but he's a big old loser. Comes on. Yeah, he, he did. Loses his match. Loses his MLW Tag Team Championships. They're cannot sad. talk about Ricky Shane Page anymore until he comes back a winner. That's the only time I'm going to bring him back on the show. I really like. Nah, him. he was he was very kind. He you know he appreciated. He even said like I appreciate you like bringing that up yeah. uh, on on the show. So I was like, yeah, because like you can't get anything across on Twitter. You want to have like a discussion about it, like yeah. you know, and and hopefully my point comes across better. It, like if people want to argue that they should make everything equal, I'm willing to hear it out. I just don't think that's the way to go i don't think that i don't think it helps i don't think that helps you grow if you're just like every show is of equal importance some shows should feel bigger than others eddie kingston is going to be at mystery wrestling on december 7th in gatineau quebec that's evil uno's uh, promotion not so defending the roh title because it doesn't matter <laughs> it's not part of the continental classic but he's making an appearance and he's supposed to be there so uh go and enjoy that i, I I would love to go to one of Uno's mystery wrestling shows. We well, should. You have should. Don't be a coward and just go. Well, it's 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 outside of Ottawa. I don't so I go. Oh, I Show up and try to fight Eddie Kingston. I should. I had a chance to do that once upon a time, but they were 
They, they wouldn't let me uh, have an interview with him at the time. Show up with your, your Fightful title and be like, look at this, Eddie. I got one title you don't have. I need to talk to Jimmy about giving me that title already. Like, Jimmy, give me the title. It's mine. And he'll be like, no, it's mine. And I'll be like, good point. Uh, let's get our last couple of super chats in. Uh, Vargas says, Patreon isn't letting me use my card for select because of the rules in India regarding foreign subscription services. So here's a little support. Thank you very much for the support. Uh, if you can, go steal an American credit card and subscribe to Five Select or use a VPN. We have one that we promote. Use the VPN instead and then you can use your card. That works, right? I don't know if it works for like credit cards. I have no idea. So when I use when when i get a when i when i pay for aew pay-per-views wow. um no I, I tell you off air right? i i watch them legally i just don't always have to pay for them oh and, i think i know how you do it because yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah exactly so anyway when i do pay for them uh i will turn on my vpn go to fight tv and set it to a different country and it comes up at 20 bucks and i'm like great and then i pay for it using my my american express which He's is jimmy van's money Using Jimmy Van's money, I stole his American Express, and uh, those points are going to get me a hotel in Vegas. It's fine. And then I go and uh, I pay twenty bucks for the pay per view. So turn on your VPN, do the payment. You can turn it off again after that if you really want to. So there you go. We we have that VPN sponsorship. Uh, your card is from an Indian bank. Listen, just steal a, steal an American credit card. <laughs> well we appreciate you thank you Vargov. it's very 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 kind uh and then kim gray just a, a nice super chat saying we went to our first wwe live event in four years over the weekend so much fun la night was ridiculously over there were so many t-shirts my son met several before the show and is now in love with shotzi uh, i saw your video by the way kim i saw i'm gonna watch it with with uh with audio a little bit later and probably retweet it because i like when you when you send that that good fun stuff around uh First of all, glad you had a good time. I'll tell you my Shotzi story. It's a very, very fun one. I met Shotzi uh, 2019 at SummerSlam weekend in Toronto. She was working before she got hired by WWE, very, very shortly before. She was working a show called The Summit, which was an all-women's show. Um, I went up to her after her match. I was going to go buy merch, actually. I bought this t-shirt from her. Uh, However, she didn't actually have it on her at the time because this is a badass design. Sorry for hitting the microphone. This was a badass t-shirt. And I was like, I need one of those. I literally went up to her and said, hell of a match. I need one. And she said, well, I don't have your size. I was like, shit, what do we do? So we ended up getting in contact via Twitter and uh, had a nice conversation, bought it off of her there. And we followed each other and, and kept up ever since. Sweetheart of a woman. Love her. I still wear her uh, tank girl pin on my on my jacket in the wintertime. So she's great. LA night being over. Not shocked there. But I'm glad y'all had a good time at the show. Don't ever go into the ball pit with Shotzi because you'll get your ass kicked. Do you know that she once ordered a shit ton of balls when she got her new place because she wanted to make a ball pit room? Amazing. That actually rules. Um, And Cam, I'm glad you had a good time. When I do the results for Fightful, I like to embed media and stuff. So I do the hashtag uh, wherever because they had two. There was one in like Tupelo and then there was one in Canton. Um, I could have gone to the Canton one, but it just happened to be the same night as full gear. And it was like, well, I, you know, if I don't cover it, uh, then I don't know who else is around. So I, I couldn't do the, the, the full gear or I couldn't do the one in Canton because it was the same night as full gear and stuff. But when I searched the hashtag, uh, I saw your, your photos on there. I was like, Oh shit, that's Kim who watches our show for some reason. So I'm glad you had a good time with uh, with everything. Glad the kid had a good time and yeah, good on you. That, that, that's what it's about with those live events, man. Anytime I do like the media stuff, 
when I search uh, the uh, to embed the media, use the hashtag WWE, wherever the hell they are local. Um, that's most of the photos. Like there's some like, ah, here's the, here's the video of the entrance. Here's a, maybe some of the action. Here's maybe a photo of a wrestler standing in the ring. Most of the photos are like, here's this photo my kid or I got with like the, one of the wrestlers. And like, that's always cool to see. Like, you know, anybody who's been to a live event knows like that's where wrestlers are very personable, very interactive, like taking photos or in the case of Bailey ripping up signs and things like that. Like, they're a lot of fun if you ever get a chance to uh apparently you just sold this guy a select subscription joel you should get um tell your friends (laughs) uh so like most of the if you ever get a chance to go to a live event um you know take that opportunity because it's a lot of fun yeah i i don't typically go to live events but when i do i always have a good time that's just it's fun stuff (laughs) i would please don't (laughs) That's your what? service fee. Yeah, Bargov was saying time to refund my super chat. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I think I think that's the best place to go. Honestly, if you got if you got a chance to go to Raw, SmackDown, live events, Dynamite, Collision, uh, whatever. If you're, I mean, like the AEW doesn't run live events anymore. That was a thing that was uh there for a month. Um, but yeah, if you got a chance to go to a live event and you're worried about like, oh, I don't know about going to the show because it's not raw or smackdown you should go that's a it's a it's, you're gonna have a lot of fun i honestly want to take whenever we take the kids to their first show i kind of want it to be a live event i don't i'm a little bit worried about them with pyro and stuff as well yeah. um like i kind of wanted to be a live event because i think they'll they'll have more fun at that than like hey here's talking promo and downtime and stuff like that yeah you're not going to get burnt out because those shows First of all, they have an intermission, which is always nice to have if you're at a WWE or any wrestling event. It's a tight two, two and a half hour show. It's very easy. You're there. You get to cheer everybody. They have fun. The wrestlers have a good time because it's so loose and good. The interaction is there because they're not trying to play to a, an audience outside of the building. It's a very fun and different experience. So, yeah, I, I do recommend it. It, it. I know it's like Jeremy says, it's not TV. It's not important. Well, no, it's still fun. And that's what you're there for. You're there for like a fun night of watching wrestling. I saw an NXT house show in Mississauga. Ricochet's first match in NXT was at that show. And like, it was a really fun event. And it had nothing to do with anything else, but it was just fun to watch. All the wrestlers talk about like live events and how much they do enjoy working them because there's not the live TV. We got a short amount of time. We can only do certain type of thing like obviously they enjoy doing tv and stuff but like they and they also just talk about the interactions and stuff like there's there's less time constraints they're able to interact with the audience and look at the end of the day we talk about this a lot but like it's creating memories and moments for whoever you can create a memory or moment for it's easier to create memories and moments on your television shows on your pay-per-view because it's accessible to more people so you go to a live event how do you create a memory or moment you take a picture with a kid and that kid remembers it forever it's like oh shit i got this photo with cody rhodes like that's how they create their memories and moments there and they they make live events feel special and feel important because of that so yeah if you ever do get the opportunity go to a live event you'll probably have a good, really good time all right we've gone excessively long let's get uh, real quickly to raw chad gable steps up to shinsuke nakamura cm punk debuts tonight right shinsuke <laughs> steps up to shinsuke 
I'm looking forward to this match. It should be really good. <laughs> Fargoff, thank you, by the way. That was a very kind message. Thank you. I will tell Sean to check his DMs immediately. Uh, and then Becky Lynch is back. She's going to have a match against Xia This is a big week for Xia She's got the match on Raw. She got the match on NXT that was already taped, but it's still her night. She's going to be on the show. That's fun. Uh, Xia Lee and Becky Lynch. A little concerned about this because, yeah, Xia's got this title match. I don't think unless unless damage control interferes and costs Becky, right? Like that's because you don't I'm really at. want Zaya losing and be like, hey, tune in tomorrow to watch her challenge for the NXT women's title, even if that's a tape match and we know the outcome. Um, which I don't, by the way. I'm just assuming that they're not taking the title off Lyra this quickly. Um I you you probably don't want Zaya losing this. So it does seem like I don't know if they cost Becky or if it just turns into a DQ because they interfere and attack Becky. This feels like a schmoz finish, though, to where Becky remains not losing and Zaya remains not losing. I I think Becky would be like, pin me. Not clean, but like mm. do a do a non-clean finish with, with damage control. Becky's Teflon at this point. She, dropped she the is. And like, Zaya has the title match. I, I would just do that. I would just have her get pinned and that be it. I get that. My issue with that is i don't need it happening too often and look if becky's gonna win at war games fine uh but like sometimes you got to protect this you want to go back to the hierarchy thing sometimes you got to protect these people who are higher up danielson very giving very willing to lose sometimes you're like brian just you're fucking winning this match okay like it's okay like i so i think yeah, having Becky lose, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you want to, you want to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards a DQ. But regardless, if Becky loses, she ain't losing clean. I forget who the story is, but there's, there's a, a funny story that a wrestler used to tell about sitting in the back and arguing back and forth about losing because they both wanted to lose the match to each other, and eventually they like had to do rock paper scissors. It was. I don't know who it was, but if anyone finds that story, that's what I keep thinking of in this conversation. I Raquel assume Ad- it was Brian Danielson who just wants probably, to lose everything. It was probably Brian. I, it may have been. It may have been Steve Austin uh, at one point, like like before the the hot you know hot yeah. times. Anyway, Raquel Rodriguez throws down with Nia Jax. That is that is the word. Uh, is Nia going to beat Raquel? I don't know. I don't really care. Probably should honestly. Uh, Drew Drew McIntyre is going to kick off Raw and address his actions from last week. So, um, we do know that both both teams on War Games are going to have the War Games advantage match. It's going to be a one on one, two superstars, but they haven't told you which ones yet. Are they going to reveal Randy as the fifth man, and he's going to have a tune up match against Drew McIntyre, or are we doing something else? Maybe I could see it being. Jey Uso versus Drew McIntyre for the War Games advantage. You got to see who's going to take a loss on the men's side. So Jey Uso, <laughs> Jay or Sammy would make the most sense here because you don't want to pin Rollins. Uh, he's the champion. Cody, they do a very good job of protecting. It's got to be taking a loss because theoretically, you just throw JD McDonough have him lose, but Babyface having the advantage. And this match is stupid and it never ends well. Like it's just dumb booking. Um, and Cody, by the way, honestly, Cody might fight to be like, you know what? I want to take this loss and because the heels should have the advantage in the match. That's how the match is supposed to go. I could actually see Cody fighting to take this L, uh, maybe knowing he's going to win on, on Sunday or Saturday. 
So I could I could see that. But yeah, you got to look at who's going to take the loss on the men's side. And But Drew representing Judgment Day does make some sense because Drew getting that victory. And Drew and Jay make some sense too because then, again, Drew getting the win, he gets a little bit of uh, you know revenge for he already screwed Jay out of the title, the tag titles. Now he beats him in this. Like it looks good on Drew. Sammy would be the, the other option probably. Uh, but Drew representing Judgment Day does uh, does make some sense. Anybody on Judgment Day, they lose all the time. So, uh, like, they could just take the L. Well, it should, you know, come down, obviously, to the Ruffles fan vote as to who's going to get the advantage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Such good People are mad about that. Like, I don't ah, be mad. It's an integration. It's, ta- it's Taboo Tuesday. Just get it. Look, all I'm saying, though, I love me some Ruffles, by the way. Great shit. You want to sponsor us? Get in on it. Yeah. <laughs> They need to they need to have uh Becky just with the with the ruffles today tonight uh, during the show just eating them just and I, barbecue flavor. Yeah, and I also want like a big bag of ruffles to come into play at the the match on Sunday as well, Saturday. I keep screwing up. Just hit them hit them over the head with the big old bag of like I want like a Santa sack bag. A novelty side yeah, bag yeah. of ruffles. Yeah, just all ruffles and it just hits and they spill everywhere. Fantastic. The, instead of instead of thumbtacks, it's ruffles. Yeah. And it's EO EO takes the trash can. They they set up the trash can spot, but this time she just pulls out bags of ruffles first, all throws the them in the ring. And just Every ruffles for everybody. It's going to be the ruffles, ruffles war games match, and I'm so excited for it. Should be. Uh, yeah, I think it's Drew and Jay, and then I think Randy gets involved at the end, uh, especially because now you add Jay to the Randy Orton return story because Randy's probably not happy with Jay either because he and his brother took out Randy Orton in the same building that Raw is going to be in tonight. So there's some layers you can add to this story. So how does Randy come back based on what we know? Drew's kicking off the show. Right. Um, and then let's say let's say your main event is your main event. Drew wins, stands tall. Here comes Randy, Arkeada or KO out of nowhere type of thing. Is that what they do? And then Randy stands tall, and then is it a brawl? Is it just you go off the air with Randy standing tall? Like yeah, how do, how do we bring him back based on what they've announced? Kind of it. I mean, you just, yeah, you can do that or you can have everyone gets beaten down. Cody grabs a microphone and says, oh, I knew you'd do this. I made a call. We have a fifth man. And then out comes Randy Orton, House of Fire. They clear house. And then the baby faces are in the ring. The heels are on the outside. And we're out of time. Sorry, wrong show. But either way, they fade to black. And this is the the five on five. Okay. I, I can see that. Like. Randy hits an RK on Jay, but like after he's joined the five on five, he's just like, I still hate your ass, but I thought about that too. When you were mentioning the the stuff with Jay of like, yeah, she just lays out Jay. Everyone hates Jay. I guess it could, it could be as simple. I don't think they'll do this. I think they'll wait till the end for the big reveal, but it could honestly just be as simple as Drew comes out, explains his action, blah, blah, blah. Here comes Cody. He goes, so what do you want to talk about? And she's like, I've already been talking. And then Cody's like, I want to talk about the voices, the voices that are in my head. Stop Drew. it. Stop <laughs> it. No, it's, it's Randy Orton, but he comes out with a bag of ruffles. <laughs> As voted by the fans. Here is our fifth man. Yeah. Hi, 
boys. Um, no. Well, Ruffle's fifth man is Randy Orton. <laughs> Ruffle Randy. It's his new gimmick. Randy the Ruffler. <laughs> I'm so done. Let's go home. Tell him to plug the stuff. Um. Oh, watch my interview with Zoe Stark. I know we we talked a little bit about it when when Sean was on. I hate plugging my own stuff, but uh, that comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow at noon or 11:45. We always schedule them at one of those times. Uh. So yeah, that'll be on the main channel, YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Zoe's really fun. She's she's got a big match against Rhea this Saturday at Survivor Series. A lot of fun uh, as a preview teaser type of thing, I guess. Talked about, um, talked about, shit, what I talk about was Zoe Stark. Talked about the reports. Matches. Yeah, the reports, ladder matches. Zoe Stark's been in a lot of ladder matches. Talked about ladder matches. Talked about Thanksgiving food, stuff like that, you know, some some fun stuff. Saw talked her about, cat. Uh, Yes, her cat made an appearance in the video, so we talked about her cat. Uh, the, the, the really fun stuff, which uh, the cameraman who fell over, at crown jewel when zoe did the dive to the outside that was the this is a scoop for everybody that was the infamous stew for people who don't know you know john cena when he's like stew time Let's to go to work. work stew is the person who fell over uh in the the match and you know uh i asked zoe yes poor stew i asked zoe if like Cena say anything of like, what are you doing? Like taking out my guy Stu. Uh, so Zoe was a lot of fun with that. And I did ask about uh, when Trish threw the chair, just chucked it into the ring and it hit Zoe. And Zoe's like, fuck are we doing here? What's going on? Uh, asked about that. And then the, just the, the match with Becky in general, but a lot of fun. Zoe Stark was, was really great. It probably went like 10 to 12 minutes. I think is about the length of the interview. So uh, yeah. Everyone can check that out. That's smart. Big shout out to Joel who made that look nice and, and pretty with the overlays and the audio and everything. So he cleaned up some stuff there and edited it. So yeah, that drops tomorrow. YouTube.com slash Fightful. My interview with Zoe Stark. It's a very good interview. I do recommend it. Go check it out. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday doing our thing at 10 a.m. Eastern. And again on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. The pre-Thanksgiving show. I, I'm Canadian, so this means nothing to me. Yeah. We'll have plenty to talk about. Maybe we'll even have a guest. Who knows? Let's let, let's find out. It's a mystery vortex. It's it's holidays and stuff, right? Like it, it's tough. Most of our we we have some UK friends. Some actually, I, I messaged Alex McCarthy so he could try to get me Taylor Swift tickets. Um, but most of our our friends are in in America, and it's holidays. It's a it's a busy time. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with just us when it's just us and we don't have as many guests we have plenty to talk about today so that's always good uh let's let's sean and zarian just show up when the hell they want to anyway we like we like one of those guys though chat you know which one anyway i am actual pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l if you haven't left thumbs up yet go and leave a thumbs up on the video and you can subscribe to us here at fightful over book check out all the stuff we have because we're dropping content every single day till then ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, 
challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.